Hello and welcome to The Fathers, episode 19. We are two different kinds of fathers, a married dad of five kids, and a Catholic priest. We are friends talking about sports, beer, movies, and the everyday joys and challenges we share in common. I'm Dom Bettinelli. And I'm Father Chip Hines. So, Father Chip, uh, we've been uh, we ha- we've had a lot go on since our last episode, but in our in each of our lives. Yeah, I know uh, it's it feels like we haven't been together in a while, and it's true we haven't. Yeah, um, you know things happen. Um, <laughs> I was on retreat last was it last week or the week before? I can't even remember now. And I'm, I'm starting to get the sense that you you prefer uh, you prefer California over Massachusetts. Um, <laughs> you could. You could say that and you wouldn't be, you wouldn't be inaccurate. Yeah. Um, I, I, I just like the, I really like the climate and I love, um, the topography of the place and it's just, it's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful country. It's so different from here. Yeah. And when you go to a place where the, where the land is different, it just, it just a different feel. And I really feel grounded there. Like I feel spiritually grounded there. I just do. I, I can't explain it. I, I'm, so, so where'd you I, go this time? This, you went to San Diego last time on vacation. Yeah. On vacation. This, this time I went on retreat. I was in a town called uh, Los Altos. Uh, you Apple people Los Altos. will know about Los Altos. It's next to Cupertino. It is next to Cupertino, but Los Altos is where um, was where Steve Jobs lived. It's where the house was, where he started the company with uh, Steve Wozniak in the garage. It was in Los Altos, California. Um, but there's a Jesuit retreat house there, and I was there at that at that retreat house um, retreating. Um, it was uh, it was good to be it was good to be in the silence of the retreat, um, and it was interesting because it was quiet there for the most part. They had a uh, at the same time I was on retreat. It seemed like a senior class from a a Catholic girls school was on retreat too. And so we were kind of mixing like at meal times. And uh, so there was, a, that would be different. Yeah. They, they were on silent retreat. So I went to a private, um, there was a private dining room next to the main dining room. And I kind of went there most of the time because it, you know, it was, I felt a little uncomfortable, <laughs> you know, um, trying to hang out with the, uh, you know, 17 year old, teenage girls um even though they weren't talking i got a sense that it would have been awkward <laughs> well, you know if i was the only man at the table <laughs> can i make a comment about 17 year old uh, teenage girls not talking for oh sure. <laughs> <a whole> retreat <laughs> well part of it part of it was too there were times where they were allowed to talk and oh my and those and those times were few and far between but when they happened the place exploded with noise oh yeah it was unbelievable <laughs> um and, uh, so I, yeah, it was interesting. I, I'm not sure I'd go back there again, but I'd go to that area again. And I, I, I liked the area a lot. Um, I too would like to make a pilgrimage to, uh, Los Altos and Cupertino. You should. I to didn't go to the shrine. The, I didn't get the a, giant, the I giant know. round shrine. Of I didn't Apple get a chance. I didn't get a chance to go there and I wanted to, but I thought it was more important to do the spiritual stuff than well, that is Dude, well, it's not spiritual no? stuff, no? Dom. No, oh, I, I'm so confused. I know, <laughs> I know. It would have been nice. It would have been nice. I, I actually, drove... it's not open yet. The new Apple Park right. headquarters is not really open yet. Right. It would be cool to. You go. can drive by it. Yeah. You know, um, it would be something to see. You know, I probably flew over it. Um, but it was because I flew into San Jose. Um, but interestingly enough, Cupertino and Los Altos and are really kind of in between San Jose and San Francisco. Yep. And, um, it's, 
someone was trying to explain to me why the weather is so good there. It has something to do with the mountains and the ocean being right. so close by. So the ocean is actually, uh, it's the opposite of the Atlantic coast. So we have the Gulf Stream bringing warm air up from the Caribbean. Right. But they have the, the ocean, because they're on the eastern side, the ocean brings cold air down from the Arctic. Ah. And so the ocean there is cold uh, gotcha. and warms up as it goes south. And so then you have the mountains and on the other side of the mountains, it's, it's, it, the, the mountains block uh, the cold air. So it's extremely hot. And so you have this kind of war between the ocean and the, mm. and the heat. And that's why like in San Francisco, they they're famous for their fog. fog yeah. And, and, but they have like these microclimates where you can go from neighborhood to neighborhood. Right. And it's like, 50 degrees and foggy and then 80 degrees and sunny like in two different neighborhoods i kind of experienced that because i did take one little break from the retreat um and that was to go to uh at&t park to see a baseball game oh fun it was fun i drove up um and on the way up it was intermittently it was it was raining and then it was sunny then it was raining, then it was sunny then it was foggy <laughs> then it was raining then it was sunny and i get to the park and for the most part, for the game, the 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 game, it was it was nice. It was beautiful weather, actually. Yeah. I mean, shirt sleeve weather for sure. Um, you didn't need a jacket, but I saw people with jackets. They're just cold. They're just they're just not used to the cold. Right. Um, and for them, cold was I'm talking like 65. You know, it was yes. beautiful and no humidity, and it was perfect. Um, but anyway, the so I've been to now. Three out of the five baseball parks, professional ba- major league baseball parks in California. I've been to San Francisco, AT&T. I've been to Anaheim uh, and I've been to Petco Park. All I needed to do is Oakland and the Dodgers and wow. I'll be all set. I didn't realize there were so many, but yeah, now they yeah. think about it. Yeah, five. It's a big state. <laughs> it's a big state. It so really I- is huge. You can drive four hours yes. uh, east and still be in California. East, not north and south, but east. East. Yes. Yes. North and south, forget it. Yeah. North and I mean. The, it takes eight hours from San Francisco to LA. Right. You could, if you drove from the Oregon border to the Mexican border, which that, that's, that's like from New York City to Florida. Yeah. Probably like Key West. Right. <laughs> I mean, maybe not quite as many, but that's. Maybe like, Miami. But I mean, it would take you more than 12 hours. Oh yeah. Probably 18 to 20 hours. From Oregon to, from Oregon to, yeah, it'd be a long ride. That would be a long ride. be a long ride. Uh, I mean, going from San Francisco to L.A., which is only a part of that, is is still long. It's still, it's like a seven-hour, eight-hour ride. I've been to San Francisco. I liked San Francisco. It was an interesting city. It's architecturally very interesting, actually. I mean, I I like the fact that you can get everywhere in that city by bus. I mean, it's so easy to get around Bus, train, subway. I mean, they've got it all. And, you know, trolley car. Yes, um, of course. You know, of course. It is San Francisco treat. It's an interesting place. It really is an interesting place. I really liked it. It felt like the parks, the public parks. It felt a lot like Boston in a a lot of ways. The neighborhoods, the houses are very close together. They are. I mean, they're, they touch literally. I mean, it's very crowded in that sense. Uh, the things I don't like, the expensive cost of living. It's like crazy. (laughs) Like it's, it's bad here. It's It's worse there. Crazy insane there. So it's worse there. Expensive. Uh, earthquakes. Yeah. Not a fan. They, they, you know, they don't happen all the time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you can put up with an earthquake. If, if, if someone said you, you, you a heart attack, but you're not going to have it all the time. I'm still going to not like that. <laughs> yeah. It's a little different. <laughs> um, but you can survive. I survived an earthquake. When I went to San Diego, I, I survived an earthquake. You know, I'm talking about earthquakes. Yeah, but they're not, 
They don't have like like, like, like the rock point. rescuing me from a building falling down <laughs> yeah, type earthquake. Yeah. They don't have those all the time. <laughs> Most of the time, it's like a, a two or a three, and you, and you we, feel a little. It's like a truck driving by your house. What do we get? We get a hurricane, maybe, maybe, maybe. and it's like windy a little bit. A little it knocks bit, over yeah. the, the uh, chairs in the backyard. Yeah, that happens. We, we don't get, like well, we get snow. We get snow. Snow. I will take a foot of snow. No I'll way. Take five feet of snow over a, over an earthquake. No, because most of the earthquakes they have are in the twos and threes. They don't damage anything. But it's coming. The big one. Oh, okay. It's coming. Okay. It's like a train on the tracks. Oh, okay, Lex Luthor. <laughs> It'll all be oceanfront property. Oceanfront property. From, 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 from Arizona. That's right. Uh, Arizona and Nevada, all oceanfront property. So, so that's number two. Number three, the crazy politics. Oh, their politics is as crazy as no, ours. No, 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 dude. It's California. Just, it's it's not, way worse. I disagree. I it's, think it's about on par with us. Well, we'll have, we, we have I Elizabeth wanna, Warren uh, crying well, out loud. Yeah, but she's in D.C. and no, no, Ed Markey, Jerry Brown as governor. Agreed. He's a nut. And their assembly is cr- it's crazy. Oh, it's, full a, of it's crazy, it's crazy, okay, crazy. But I don't want to get too much into the politics. I understand. Those, those are my three. Those are my but you could deal with that. There was a philosopher, like an American popular philosopher once who, I forget who was, I used to remember that, who said uh, uh, they once tilted America and everything loose rolled into California. <laughs> 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 that pretty much describes California. I, I, I love you. all my friends in California, but I you're not. Tell you, I gotta tell you this: it is the food, the opportunities for restaurants, oh, and yeah. and the food is excellent. Um, I you know I went to dinner Friday night. Friday Friday was the last day of the ret- my retreat, really. So I was Friday night. I went out to dinner with my friend Deacon Ray from San Diego area. Uh, actually, he's in from Hemet which is in the San Bernardino diocese, but he had come up to Santa Clara for his, he's taken a master's degree at Santa Clara. Mm-hmm. So every, it's an online course, but every once in a while he has to be up there on campus for a class, usually a weekend or something like that. So he sure. was up there for that weekend. Cool. So he and I met with this other deacon, Jim, James Pierce and his wife, Melissa. And we went to dinner on Friday night to this Italian restaurant in Pleasanton, California. Which, and I will say this, Pleasanton is aptly named. It is a pleasant place. (laughs) It is like, and I know, you know, it's, it's got a beautiful downtown area and it's got like a Western motif and it's got, uh, but there was a, we went to a nice Italian restaurant there and the food was great and the conversation and just the good times had by all. It was a great, it was a great time. So glad I went. Speaking of California and Hollywood, you had a Hollywood moment last week. Oh yeah, I should talk about that. Yes, huh? that's that, that's my segue into you, you talking go. about this. It, <laughs> good segue, <laughs> thank <huh>? you. <laughs> um, so last week was the uh, in Boston was uh, the Archdiocese has an annual event called the Celebration of the Priesthood, and it's just an opportunity for um, the people of the diocese, if they'd like, to come together with the priests of the Archdiocese and and just have a dinner and hear a speaker and raise some money raise some money for the uh, clergy benefit trust. It's a great cause. And it's for the health and retirement of the priests of the area. Exactly. And so every dinner, the dinner usually raises between 1.4 and $1.7 million a year, which is very, very good and very much needed. Generous. And of, very generous of the people of God. Um, this year's keynote speaker was Roma Downey. Who was? The Touched by an Angel. She was the Angel Monica on was, Touched by an Angel. That's right. So, and is the, the wife of... Uh, Mark Burnett. Mark Burnett, who is the Survivor. producer behind Survivor. And, but all these other uh, biblical they do, things, too. This is the other thing they do. Um, and she talked about this a little bit. She said that she and Mark are very faithful people, and they wanted to do something to give back to, to the community. And one of the things they did was a series called The Bible. And it was a miniseries on the History Channel. Everyone told them not to do it. 
They were going to lose their shirts. They were going to be broke. They were going to be destitute. They were going to... And be ostracized, probably. Ostracized, yeah. Uh, yeah, ostracized by the public, whatever. Anyway, it was a huge success. In the United States alone, 100 million people watched it. Wow. Yeah. It's, it was very popular. It was very popular in Canada, and it was very popular around the world. And one of the things she said was she always had a relationship. She grew up in Northern Ireland, um, Catholic in Northern Ireland. She had a relationship with Jesus that was drummed into her by the nuns. Um, that she knew Jesus died for her and she knew that Jesus was her friend and she knew that, you know, and she knew that Jesus had suffered on the cross. She got the opportunity to play Mary, the blessed mother in this Bible series. I mean, of course she was the producer. She could hire herself if she wanted to, but she got the opportunity to play Mary. And she, when she was playing the scenes in the movie, she began to realize how the suffering of Jesus affected Mary and how she had never kind of, felt that way before and it profoundly affected her life wow. as a mother and, a, and as a Christian. Um, so, so she, she talked about that and interestingly enough, her brother, one of her brothers is a Catholic priest. Interesting. I did not know that until well, that evening. She's Irish. <laughs> yes. She's Irish, but I mean, but I mean, Northern many, Ireland, you can have a lot of Protestant right. Irish. And, and, and how many, um, Hollywood stars have brothers that are Catholic priests? Right. I don't know. Probably not many. Um, I know Bill Murray's sister is a, is a nun. Yes, that's right. Yeah. So after the keynote was over, um, one of my good friends, Alexis Walkenstein was there and she was helping with the PR for Roma. She's very, fr- very friendly with Roma Downey and her husband. So she was helping the PR people out with some stuff. And I ended up kind of shimmying my way up to her table. And I said to the PR lady, I said, you know, would you, would it be possible for me to get a picture with Roma Downey? And she said, absolutely. If, you know, it's, it's going to be tight, but just meet us over by that, this door. And she pointed to, to a door and I said, okay, I'll be there. So I get over there and I'm waiting and she's kind of hustling Roma out and she sees me and she's like, okay, come with us, father. I'm like, where are we going? She's like, we're, we're going to the back. I'm like, going to the back. I've never been to the back of anything, you know? So, uh, backstage, backstage. So I went backstage and, uh, this was the moment. Um, it was kind of, it was kind of surreal. And I'll, again, I'll only explain it this way. I, I went and led with my right hand to shake her hand. She kind of shook it off and went in for the big hug. And I was, just taken aback by the you know she's meeting a stranger for the first time you know she probably meets strangers who want to shake her hand all the time all the time and she went in for the big hug she's like we got a hug and i said okay and uh (laughs) far be it from me to refuse a hug from roma down that's right i'm not arguing with an angel so i um so we went in she went in for the big hug i hugged her and then i said would you mind if we took a picture and she said absolutely take a picture and so i handed my camera to the pr lady she took a couple of pictures and and I said, well, thank you for the time. I know you're busy. And she's okay. And, and, um, and the PR people kind of hustled her off. Um, she, the Cardinal was coming in and other people. And so I was, I, I didn't want to like, I know when the Cardinal saw me, he kind of like did a double take, like, what the heck are you doing here in the back? <laughs> you know? And I'm like, I don't know. I just got dragged back here kind of thing, you know? Um, so at any rate, I, I kind of left at that point, but it was, it was, uh, yeah, it was an interesting, interesting moment. And I really, I mean, her speech at the dinner was very, very interesting. I mean, she's just, you know, talking about the loss of her mother when she was 10, um, the loss of her father when she was 20. Wow. On the eve of her brother's ordination to the priesthood. Um, yeah, she called 
and talked to her father that night and said, I'll be in tomorrow morning flying in. And he's like, oh, okay, well, we'll make sure that someone's there to get you, blah, blah, blah. They talked and she went to bed and uh, she was living in some situation where the, she didn't have a phone in a room. There was like a communal phone. Mm-hmm. And so some, whoever lived closest to the communal phone came banging on a door in the middle of the night. And, he's, and, he, and she goes, he yells out, Irish, there's a phone call for you. And uh, tell your family to stop calling this late at night. So she goes down to the phone and it's her brother. And brother says, you know, dad is, dad is dead. He had a, must have had a massive coronary and he died. And she was devastated, of course. And uh, so then she had to fly home. And um, there was a lot of talk about whether or not the cancer can't you know to postpone the ordination and they decided to not postpone it because that's what dad would have wanted and because her father was like mm-hmm. over the moon that his son was going to be a priest he was just that's awesome yeah. yeah so at any rate so they went through with it and um they said it had a celebration of that and and a funeral at the same time and it's kind of one of those she said it was you know the very definition of bittersweet you know right and so they you know, that kind of formed and shaped her life a little bit too. And, you know, she's, she's always just trying to give back. She's just, she's just, you know, you think of Hollywood actresses as, 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 um, shallow and, uh, you know, concerned about money and, uh, concerned about looks and everything else. And she's just not that, you know, she just isn't, she's just down home, man. She just, Yeah. She seems like one of the good ones. She seems like a really nice person from, I mean, it was a short interaction, but based on that interaction, you know how you get a sense of, you can get a sense of somebody. I just got a good sense from her and I just felt, I felt really, honestly, I I know this is going to sound cheesy and cliche, but it felt like I was touched by an angel. I really, really felt like that. See, I try not to get all googly eye about celebrities and stars because- I try not to either. they're professional, like, I mean, their job is, is to pretend to be other people and sometimes- you get, people get you know faked out right but there are a couple of celebrities out there when you when you you see them in their when they're interacting with people you you get a good sense like i still don't think i still think americans as a whole were way too uh celebrity focused celebrity focused yeah i know and and i think there's a lot of celebrities who would agree um oh yeah but 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 i mean there's a few, once in a while you encounter them uh, you know one who just sort of seems different than the rest yeah, there was nothing pretentious about her. That's what I liked about her. Mm-hmm. I mean, she wasn't, she clearly, you know, she's 60 years old. Is she really? Yeah. Wow. I mean, you wouldn't know it. No. By looking at her. And, and uh, so I, I, you know, but she was just, she was just down home. She, that's the only way I can describe it. She just didn't have any of that pretension about her. She didn't have any of that. She was just. Didn't feel like Hollywood. No, she did not feel like Hollywood. And she. That's cool. And I think she would have had a longer interaction with me had the PR people not been hustling her out and, and, yeah, uh, and I mean, all she's that on a, on a schedule. She was on a schedule. And the, their job is, is to her job. Her job is, you know, her life is to do whatever she wants, but their job is to override her natural inclinations. Right. And, I mean, that's, that's what a PR person does is right. the, to keep you on. They're paid to keep you on track. Exactly. And I'm, and so and you don't had, have to be the bad guy. Right. And she had good people working and I, they're very nice people. I sat yeah. with them for a while at the table and they were very, very kind to me. Um, there was a uh, there was a little bit of excitement at the dinner that I was sitting at my table and behind me this other table an older gentleman began to choke or something. Oh my! And 
So there was a lot of, is there a doctor in the house? Call 911, blah, 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 blah. All this stuff was going on. The guy was literally dying right behind well, me. Can I say, if there's a place that you, you're going to die, it's it's in a room with a Well, the, 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 it was, uh, it was funny how many of the guys, <laughs> how many of the guys were right there, Johnny on the spot with the oils. Um, they, because, um, and I, and I was there, I just happened to be there. So I was kind of the point person by default. And I just kept on saying, let's give them a chance to work on them before we go in there. You can't, this is a very confined space. Yes. Give them a chance. Give them a chance. So they, um, they did. And he ended up, he had Parkinson's disease. And so it was exacerbated by that. Yeah. And they were trying to get the, he literally was turning blue in front of us. He ended up, his heart stopped. They had to bring, they oh, brought wow. him, they brought him back with the paddles. And right, right there? Right there, right wow. on the floor. You know, and the whole thing, clear, you know, the whole nine yards. Wow. And, uh, any of that, yeah. And so that happened. And when it looked like they had the situation under control, I kind of got out of there and just, that's when I kind of snuck up to the, to the, to a, another table. And my friend Alexis said, there's no one sitting here. So if you want to sit with us, you can. I said that, I, I think so. I'll do that. They, they brought the guy out, they brought him to the hospital and I heard later on he was doing fine, but it was a scary moment. Mm. Um, and, uh, it delayed a lot of stuff, but, um, you know, we, it, we, it was, it was unbelievable. It was quite, it Ooh, was quite an evening. That's good. It was quite it was an a, evening. It was literally a heart stopping evening. It was just unbelievable. Wow. It was really like they, they, I've never in my life seen somebody be brought back with the paddles like in. Yeah. Live. Yeah. Not you not know. on TV. Seen it on TV a million times, but not like this. It's, wow. It was quite something, you know? And uh, it was an exciting night for a lot of reasons, but um, it was also kind of scary there for a moment when we didn't know he was coming back. Wow. Yeah. Well, I didn't have uh, any life defying, uh, death defying moments uh, the past few weeks. No. But I did have some, some uh, interesting stuff. Um, I had my first opportunity to testify at a, uh, before a state legislative committee. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it was pretty wild. Um, <clears throat> so uh, the I work for uh, Mass Citizens for Life, a pro-life organization, and one of the issues that we deal with is assisted suicide. Massachusetts is ground zero. I don't want to get into too much on the politics, but Massachusetts is ground zero. For, there's a bill to uh, legalize doctor-assisted suicide. Our organization is opposed to it. Mm -hmm. There's another organization, a national organization called Compassion and Choices. It's formerly the Hemlock Society. You can understand why they changed their name. Um <laughs> Uh, because you know hemlock is the you know it's yeah. a little too macabre um and who can who's who's against compassion and choice yeah right um so i won't uh, 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 but they had like their uh so this committee was 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 going to hear testimony on the on the bill and you know this national organization they had their hired guns these you know high priced like people in their fancy suits all flown in from you know from out of town they had all these people that they were in the 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 hearing room and the hearing was packed and the thing about, about these hearings is you got to get there in the beginning you got to sign up to testify and you don't know when you're going to testify you have to stand there and wait and if they call you and you're in the bathroom you're yeah, they yeah. they skip you you're done right um so i had like there have been things that go from 11 o'clock in the morning to midnight that, that, that have been hearings. Oh, sure. I was like, oh, this is going <laughs> to stink. But uh, luckily it ended at 4.30, which was amazing. But 80%, despite this, the, these other guys, 80% of the testimony was from people from our side. It just, oh, that's awesome. We had doctors, we had you know, philosophers, we had like all these great you know ethicists and, and then average people who are living with it and dealing with people in their lives who right. have it. And 
from all across the political spectrum, from an uh, anti-imperialist revolutionary, self-described, uh, mm. <laughs> which was interesting. I would have liked to talk to them for a little while. Yeah, uh, to uh, to um, a woman who described herself as a progressive Democrat, to you know your standard conservative Republicans, you know, just across the board. Interesting. Um, Timothy Shriver, who is the the nephew <laughs> of. Senator Bob Kennedy, Senator uh, Ted Kennedy, and President, President Kennedy, President John Kennedy. Um, he was there testifying against the assisted suicide bill. Really? Well, because the, the Shriver family were the leaders in, in founding the uh, Special Olympics, right? And the, for people who are disabled, they are very sensitive to assisted suicide bills because because they're they're very sensitive to to like he was talking about when his his aunt was diagnosed was it had down syndrome right and um the doctor um had been encouraging his mother rose kennedy, rose kennedy yeah um you know back in the day before abortion was legal doctors would kind of sometimes turn the other cheek turn right. the eye right, you know, right. suggest certain things and yep. his, you know and his <laughs> mother was adamant like that her life was was going to be worth living and you know we no way um, and so this was a, this is a big issue for their family. Plus, when Ted was diagnosed with brain cancer, he um, uh, he was given like 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 nine weeks to live or something like right, that, or a few right. months, and you know get the things in order. You're not going back to the Senate. Kiss your wife goodbye. Um, he lived for another fifteen months. Right. And his wife Vicky had writ written uh, this testimony about how if he had just given up, it, you know he wouldn't all these other things, which. He he passed Obamacare, which is there's been an irony, irony in that. Yeah, I'll but, say. But um, but but yeah, I mean, there's there's this this idea that you know, suicide is not the end. So I give my testimony, which I um, built around the um, notion that um, the back I heard this story and I I researched it back. The the founders of the Hemlock Society was this guy um, whose first wife had died of suicide. Interesting. Um, and then his second wife, he founded the hemlock society with well she divorced him in 1990 claiming that um she had depression and breast cancer and when he found out he was he was trying to force her to kill herself oh boy and so she sued him and the hemlock society she ended up dying alone in the oregon wilderness uh cause of death was um was ruled suicide but you know you never know wow yeah um so I br I kind of brought this up about like you know the coercion that people who are who have a terminal illness well that's can feel the problem yeah from their loved ones like look you're a burden on me right especially I mean think about the poor like the rich they can they have all these resources but the poor who they're racking up tens of thousands of dollars in bills it, this is an easy out this is right. a you know an escape right anyway so I gave my testimony and it was it was a little nerve wracking you know but who's the chairman of the committee uh, there were two chairmen um, oh. Uh, uh, Lewis was the senator. No, oh, okay. And Kate Hogan was the rep. All right. Um, so it's a joint committee. Joint committee. In Massachusetts, they they yep. just have a few joint committees. That's good. Um, it helps with the passage of bills. That way, they are all on the same page. Right. They don't have yeah. to pass two committees. Right. And all that other stuff. <clears throat> so it was a it was a very interesting process, and uh, I was I'm glad I got a chance. Did to... Did you feel like there was anybody on your side on the on the panel, on the committee? Um. I, I, I wouldn't say that there was any overt feeling that there was, I, I, I know because we were, you know, our organization was in lobbying some of them, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. that there were, the, the, the committee was about evenly split with two, 
two, I think two or three who were undecided either way. Oh. So we don't know. It, they have until the spring to vote or to let it die. You I could see. die in committee, which it has in the past. Right. Um, so we won't know. it dies there. But yeah, but 80% of the testimony was against it. So That's great. So there was that. So that was interesting. That is interesting. Um, the other interesting thing is, um, was Stratego. Oh boy, Stratego. So th- oh, this is, this a, is your okay. opportunity to beat up on your children in a board game. Yes, I well, watched all of it on Facebook. Oh no, that this isn't the only opportunity. I take every opportunity to beat them up in every game. They, they need to learn how to to lose they, they, with grace. They need how to learn how to lose, huh? They, well, no. What they to need their, to do is they, they need to learn how to win. Yeah. If I let them win, then they're not learning how to win. Uh, they aren't. No, they need to learn how to how to beat me. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. I mean, they play, actually, they play each other more than they play me anyway. But well, I'm sure. Yeah. But uh, so, um, I forget I forget exactly how it came up. But we the 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 board game came up at one point, Stratego, and and they were like, "Oh, what is that?" Because they're very excited about board games. Because I last year I showed them how to play. Um, oh, what is that? It's the Indian <laughs> India game. I don't. Oh, checkers? No, uh, no, no, no. Chinese checkers? Uh, uh, such the P. Uh, uh, I don't know. I'll remember it after we're done recording. Okay, fine. Uh, but uh, but for but I showed them a board game last year, and they were right. very excited about board games now. So like, so I had to like spend dinner explaining Ugh. how Stratego works, and then endure the next five days. When are we gonna play Stratego? So, when are we gonna no, play no, no, Stratego? No, no, no. It was more like it would be really fun to play Stratego. I wish they're like, very subtle. Yes, yes, they do the passive. Uh, I wish a lot. Yeah. Uh, so we finally got to play uh, last uh, that not this past Saturday, but the, the week before, and uh, and you beat up on them. Well, not a beat up. It implies I, I, you know, I, I intentionally destroyed them with glee, but I won <laughs> <laughs> with glee. Well, not with glee. I knew I would win. I mean, they're it's the first time ever, they ever played. Plus, my brother always beat me. Oh, I see. So it's I need payback. It's pay, well, it's not payback, but it's ah, an opportunity. Oh, okay. Uh, although um, they, I can't wait till they beat you. Now. They they were actually some. They were they're actually pretty good. They're not bad. Good. But once they start. Once I started letting them in on some of the strategy. Yeah. And some of the tricks, you know, like I taught them things like you know, put the bombs over here and the flag over here, so you you know your little uh, deception. Um, you know, keep your spy here, put your marshal up there, mm. you know, the sort of stuff like that. Um, I gave him some of the, the, the tricks and oh, stuff. Oh, thank God. After I beat yeah. them once. Yeah, but, of course. <laughs> I'm going to beat you because you don't know how to play. <laughs> but I, I, like when I was a kid, I, we used to play um, Stratego, Monopoly, Battleship. They, I've taught them Battleship too. They like that. Uh, Monopoly is still a couple years off because they're not quite at the stage. I loved playing Battleship when I was a kid because I just loved the commercials and I always like saying you sank my battleship. I just always wanted to say that. Or I'm the sole survivor. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Those those uh cheesy commercials. Cheesy commercials. Connect four. Oh yeah, connect four. So So uh, that was fun though. Yeah, yeah. So I'm glad I mean this is this part of part of this one of the fun things about being a dad is is, is being able to introduce your kids to things that you enjoy and and having them enjoy it too. Well I for now. (laughs) <laughs> I'm glad um, this is, you know, one of the things when I was growing up was, um, you know, playing basketball against my dad in the, in the driveway and he could always beat us because we were, you know, kids. And um, I will say, you know, he was, he's taller than me. So even when I got older, he could still, he could still out defend me. 
Um, because he was, he played basketball. He was a yeah. varsity basketball player in high school. Anyway, so, um, but it's one of those things where you're like, if I can just get close, you know? <laughs> um, and it's a thing for parents too. It's like, I can still beat this kid. Well, you that's know? the other thing is, is I don't feel so old yet. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I can still beat him. I either still, I'm still young. I'm still young. Um, <laughs> that's what the kids don't get. Yeah. And you're not going to, you're probably not going to get that basketball experience that I had because, you know, you don't see a basketball uh, hoop out there. Well, and I'm and not a basketball. You're not, you know, <laughs> tall. Yes. Um, I, so my, my, my basketball defense was running into people. Basically. Yeah. That yeah. was how I defended. Um, I was called crash when I played. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, so they called me Rambus. Rambus. Yeah, because I was always kind of, I was, I was, I'm 5'10", 5'11". I was 5'11 back then. I'm like 5'10 and three quarters now, but I'm shrinking as they, so anyway, I was, I, I was 5'11 and I would defend, but I wouldn't move. Like I was the immovable object, yes, you know? Right. And so there was a couple of times I did get knocked down or I accidentally knocked someone else down because I didn't move because some of the kids were small. Right. And they would drive to the hoop and they'd hit me and I wouldn't move and they'd go crashing down. And I got the nickname Rambus from Kurt Rambus yes. from the Lakers. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, that was my basketball time. <laughs> I used to love playing basketball. I just don't have the knees or the ankles for it anymore. So um, this is going to be a long episode, I think, because yes. we've got a lot to cover. There's a lot that's happened and we want to kind of talk about a few things that are in the news that are kind of heavy. Yeah. Um, there's two things that had happened in the last 24 24 to 48 hours right. that we wanted to bring up. Um, one was the, well, let's talk about the, the, the one that's a little of a smaller one, which is mm. the, the death of Tom Petty. Death of Tom Petty. Who yeah. was a great rock and roll musician. Absolutely. I mean, he's so iconic. His voice is unique. Great, great music. Great music. Um, um, you know, he, I, I can remember listening to him when I was younger, especially when there was a four year period where we lived in Florida and some of his music from that time period still reminds me and helps me, you know, reminds me of that time and reminds me of the things I was going through as a, as a young person. And it was interesting to, um, it was interesting to, just to kind of relive some of that music last night and this morning. And on the ride over here, I was listening, actually listening to the traveling Wilburys. Right. And, uh, I, I loved the traveling Wilburys. Me too. They were one of my favorite, favorite bands of like 88, 90. And, if you had said to me in 2017, who are the last two traveling Wilburys to be alive? I never would have guessed it would be Bob Dylan <laughs> and Jeff and Lynn. Jeff Lynn. <laughs> now Jeff Lynn, maybe, but Bob Dylan, right? Over. I mean, I thought for sure he'd die before uh, well, Tom Petty. Keith Richards is still alive. <laughs> he wasn't, but he wasn't. No, no but I'm saying. If you would have said in 1988, Keith Richards will still be alive nah, in 2017, nah, no one would have believed you. I know, that's true. <laughs> that, that That's true. But, um, but that was like, I mean, it was the first, I don't know if it was the first, it, it might have been the first um, it was artificial supergroup where you brought these it, superstars who are superstars on their own right. together in a band. It wasn't the first, but what was interesting about this one was they all took names. Well, it was the, they, they created this narrative. Yeah, they created a fake narrative about the Wilbury brothers or cousins right. or whatever they were. Right. And so they all had a different Wilbury name, like whatever it was. I don't remember all of them off the top of my head. Nelson Wilbury was George Harrison. Otis go. Wilbury was Jeff Lynn. Lefty Wilbury was Roy Orbison. Charlie T. Wilbury Jr. was Tom Petty. And Lucky Wilbury was Bob Dylan. Then they changed it up on Lucky's on, still alive on 
So the first album was volume one. The second album was volume three. There was no right. volume two. No volume two. And then on the, the second album, George Harrison was now Spike Wilbury. Jeff Lynne was Clayton Wilbury. Tom Petty was Muddy Wilbury. And Bob Dylan was Boo Wilbury. <laughs> Roy Orbison had died in the... in the in, Yeah, that's right. He, but, died, he died in 1988, just before this album was released. The first right. album was released. That's right. So uh, <laughs> it's just... But it was such a... Like, when I hear the music from... Uh, from the, those, the, especially volume one, it, I mean, talk about takes you back. Oh. I mean, that was an, an, a very formative period. That was just after high school. I, I was in college. I, I was, I was, um, I had uh, only, I had only done one year of college, then dropped out and didn't go back to college until 92. Uh, so I, I, you know, I graduated high school in 86. And so this was a very difficult time in my life where yeah. I'm trying to figure out what the heck I'm doing. Right. And so this music, I mean, in a way, kind of corny this music kind of got me through i mean it's part of it that, that time in my life it did help me a lot there was a song that it, it wasn't a big hit for them it's called congratulations oh i love that i one. love that song because it's about this guy who's got a broken heart and he's he's like complaining about this woman and congratulations you broke my heart congratulations <laughs> you made me cry you know that kind of thing right and i remember breaking up with having a girl break up with me and hearing and like i went back to my room and i put that song on and I remember thinking, oh, oh man, you know, <laughs> and my, the, yeah. And my roommate walks in, he's like, oh crap, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> like, about, yeah. You don't want to know. How about uh, end of the line? Yeah. No, great that was, song. That was a great song. Great song. There, there's a bunch of great songs on that first. Tweeter album. and the Monkey Man. I, I listened to that on the way over here. <laughs> it is. It, you know what I love about Tweeter and the Monkey Man? It's it's Springsteen esque in yes. its lyrics, yep. Um, but more uh, Dylan Petty esque in its yep. music. That's true. That's and true. um, but it tells a great story about uh, Tweeter and the Monkey Man and yep. the undercover cop and all this other. It's just <laughs> it, a great song. If you haven't listened to the Traveling Wilburys, go go find it and listen I, to. I will be especially Volume One. I will be talking about that later on in the podcast. Oh, good, good, good. Yes. Uh, so, uh. Tom Petty. So Tom not, Petty was a big part of this group, and yes. his musical influence was clear. The first album actually had a lot of Dylan singing on it mm -hmm. as the lead singer, Dylan or Roy Orbison. And but you can hear Tom Petty in the background vocals, and you can hear his guitar work. And he, you know, he clearly had a lot of influence on the writing and and everything else. He was, and and his album Southern Accents um, for me was uh, just a really just a really great album of good songs, you know, fun songs, songs that kind of would uplift your spirits a little bit. Um, right. It was just, I, I, I really liked that album. Um, and I can remember being in junior high or middle school when uh, Damn the Torpedoes came out. Um, mm -hmm. And that was big when we were oh, kids. Yeah. Big, big. That was their big, that was their first real big, huge, like, you know, massive hit. They had some minor hits. Prior, prior to that, but Damn the Torpedoes oh. was like the coming out party. Don't do something. me like that. Yeah. Oh, that was a good one. Um, Great songs. Yeah. Anyway, Tom Petty, I, I, I had, we, it was interesting. A friend of mine and I were talking in the early spring about going to see him this summer at the garden and oh. we talked about it and, and we eventually decided not to do it. And I was when I got the news last night that he had died, I, I was so depressed because I was, I really had wanted to see him in concert and, um, I blew it. And, you know, it's, it, it brought me back to a famous in my life story, famous uh, event of when Stevie Ray Vaughan died. 
Um, yes. And I think I may have yeah. talked about this before, yeah, but we I, talked about it once. I had tickets. I had an opportunity for tickets to see Stevie Ray Vaughan and I turned it down because at the time I didn't have, I was working, it was during the middle summer of, of in between college, one, one year of college or whatever it was. And I didn't have the, t- the, the time off and I didn't have the money to, to go down to see him. So I said to my roommate, my college roommate, and still one of my best friends in the world, I said, Arthur, I said, you know, uh, I'll catch him on the next tour. And he died like four weeks later in a helicopter crash. And mm-hmm. I, I've never forgotten that. But I, you know, when this Tom Petty op- opportunity came up, you know, I, it just, it's like I forgot all about Steve Ray Vaughan. And, right. I, and then I woke up this morning going I was another Stevie Ray Vaughan moment for me was you know missing Tom Petty well for me like uh, like the big one would be like for me the like Eric Clapton is is huge I've seen him I've seen him in concert a couple times and uh just his like I his music in the in my high school years was like just key for me I mean I just like so he like when when he goes, I mean he's he's in that same he's era. He's seventy years old. You know yeah. he's you know that'll be a big one for me. I mean there's a, there's a handful of those 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 musicians that are just formative for our years. I, I I kind of thinking back like when my dad's uh, musical interests when they started dying like Frank Sinatra <laughs> and and those guys. I'm like that for my dad. I mean when Frank Sinatra died, it really actually it, bo- it bothered, bothered me. me too. Yeah, uh, but for my dad, you know it was that sort of like getting older. You know, right? These guys are about. 10 to 20 years older than I am. And, and that this kind of reminds me, you know, that I'm getting well, older. You know, and the other thing I started thinking about was some of the other people that I like, like Bruce Springsteen, who's 67 years old. Tom Petty was 66. Yep. Um, now I think Tom Petty sort of lived a harder life, um, <laughs> drug wise and whatnot than, than Bruce. Bruce hasn't really been connected with drugs and alcohol, but, um, but Tom was, um, Tom got addicted to heroin when he was in his fifties. Right. Which seems unusual. Yes. Um, and, and beat it. Um, as far as we know, um, you know, I, I, there was something about Tom Petty. He was never, he was never Springsteen, but he was always really good. Right. And and really solid and really productive. He wasn't flashy. No. Uh, he wasn't. And and not that Springsteen is flashy, but Springsteen sort of has this, this marginal like persona. Yeah, he's a showman. Yeah, whereas Patty was just about the music. He I just kind of played. I mean, if you're anywhere over the age of 40, think of songs like American Girl, yeah. I Won't Back Down, right. Free Fall, Running Down a Dream. Yeah. I mean, these are all huge, huge, huge songs yeah. from, from when we were kids. Yeah. Uh, so I'm saddened by it. And there was yeah. some hope last night because initially it had been reported that he died in the afternoon. And then uh, there was another report said, no, he's clinging to life. He's still alive. And I thought, oh, my. and I started praying. I really started praying that he would he would survive it, but he didn't. Apparently, there was it was alive, but there was no higher brain function. Yeah. So, anyway, he he passed uh, last night, and it's a very sad, um, so very we, sad situation. But that's not so the we saddest. celebrate the life of Tom Petty. Absolutely. But uh, we also should mention the other the tragic uh, events of Las Vegas. Uh, yeah. The, as we talk about this now, it was two days ago. Um, I woke up on Monday morning seeing this in my facebook feed yep just the the horror of that um i don't want to get into the politics of it that's i think too often when there's a tragedy politicians and pundits race to the nearest microphone to oh, advance sure. their agenda i don't want to get into it no i just think it's one of those situations that's really what it, it's yeah. sad i mean it's yeah. it's a tragic sad event the, ul- the ultimate cause of these things is evil that lies in the hearts of, of men. Yeah. Evil or, or mental illness. Well, yeah. Well, but you know, the sin is behind all the things that yeah. are broken in the world ultimately. Right. And, uh, and 
you know, there's at the, as we talk about, there's no, no understanding of motive, no understanding, like, like just, but that doesn't bring us anywhere. I like to concentrate on the people, um, the victims and their lives and the, and to celebrate the, the people, like the average everyday people who, until well, something like this like, intersects their lives, they're just living right. regular good lives. Like this mm. is the thing that always that strikes me with these circumstances. When you read the biographies of the people who who have been victims of these random, senseless acts of violence, is how often it's just you know he was he always had a smile for for the people. He was a like this one guy was a nurse, and everybody said he was very friendly. There was a uh, elementary school um, special education teacher, a school secretary, like. You just hear these stories one after the other of these wonderful people who are not remarkable in the sense of they would be they should be in the news every day, but remarkable in the sense that they they were living good lives. And this is a lot of people. Yeah. So, you know, rather than concentrate, we always say this rather than focus on the, the evildoer, let's focus on the good people and then the, the heroic people like, like the, the police who ran in. Uh, although I got to say there's this one picture. I mean, of, if, if there's any moment of levity that you can gather from this, you, you cling to the, to, to it. There's this one picture from there where everybody is like crouched on the ground. Mm. Hover, uh, uh, there's this one guy standing in the middle of them. Giving to the guy the hand, finger. Giving the guy the finger, just like defiant against in the face of evil. Yeah. Now, I mean, I'm not going to say giving the finger is the best thing in the world, but I'm just, he was, but it was just this act of, I don't know if it was heroic, but it was an act of defiance in the face. It of certainly evil. was an act of defiance. Yeah. And some would say, uh, probably foolish. reckless right, right. um but uh yeah he i mean but i think of the police officers involved there was a lot of police officers who were there to you know shielding people from being shot right. there was some, standing up and, 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 and to, firing right and right. trying to get people back into the right. back out of the place there were and and some there were two i think officers that lost their lives in in amongst the 59 right um and so i think the the police i'm a big proponent of the police as everybody knows and i think that they you know, they, they sometimes are unfairly maligned, um, sometimes fairly, but some, most of the time unfairly, it seems. Yeah. And I think, um, in these situations, you know, we need to really celebrate the, their heroics and what they did. These are the people, and it's, I know it's a cliched statement, but these are the people that run to the danger when others are running away from they it. They run to the sound of gunshots. Exactly. And you, and there's a lot of video out there of, of the gunshots. Jason Aldean was playing when, when they were, when they were, when the shots started and it was machine gun fire, right. he's playing for a good 20 seconds and then he stopped and everything, the band stopped and they all ran off stage because they figured out what was happening. And, right. Some and people thought it was fireworks that yeah, were misfiring part of the act. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and the, the people were just kind of milling around. They didn't know what was going on. Right. And then even then they were just crouching down in place, not realizing like that, the, that the shooting was coming from above, like crouching right. down in place was the worst possible thing to do. But they didn't know that. Right. Because they had no idea where it was coming from. That's right. They didn't. And it was coming from a hotel, which was on the other side of the, of the, of the way. And yep. I mean, I've been to Vegas and I have an understanding of that, where, of that location only because um, I've been to the Luxor, which is where the concert was. And I've been, I've driven by the Mandalay Bay. Um, so I have an understanding of that area just a little bit yeah and so you know in my mind's eye i could kind of see what was going on and it was as i thought about it i'm like oh my gosh this guy knew exactly what to do he had obvious he had obviously scouted this out this was so obviously premeditated and um 
you know, it's and, 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 no one and, seems to know. And no one and his Why? brother is claiming it's he has no idea that it's uh, they I don't know if they've talked to the to the girlfriend yet. She was overseas. Yeah, she was in the yeah. Philippines. Um so I, you know, no one seems to know what the story is and we may never know. I mean, he may not have left a note, he may not, you know, we may we may never know. It's like the Sandy Hook uh gunman. He, like we really don't know right what set him off. I mean, people assume it was autism, which sucks cuz that's autism does, does not make someone violent. I just lay that on the line right there. True. But we but but they people grasp at anything to try to find figure out what um why? Like why? That's the question. Yeah, I think a lot of times with the kid from Sandy Hook, it was something to the effect of video games and the, the violent video games that he played. And people, people are trying to figure that's it out. That's just he never speculation. Left the note. Right? Yeah, he never, just, never told just, anyone why right, or what. Right. Or yeah, and you know different situations. And it's interesting that both in Sandy Hook and in this situation, apparently, all the weapons were you know legally. Well, there's, no, there's a question of whether they he. He he owned legal weapons. This right. is what I said. I didn't want to get too much into the politics, but he owned legal weapons. But these were not the we- the weapons that they knew him to own. Right. These were these were automatic. Automatic, automatic weapons, weapons are, are illegal, illegal unless you, unless you have a permit. You can get a permit. Right. But get a, to get a permit for as many weapons as he ha- apparently had. Yeah, I know. Would I have know. been like so, I mean, so he did. He chances did, are it was illegal. Right. Right. But why and yeah. how and all that sort of stuff? Like, why did would he spend so much money to, to tons of money? Like, he spent a lot of money to 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 build an armory for this purpose, and it's just yeah, it was insane. It was crazy. It really, was insane. So, all right, so very we, sad story, and we pray for the yeah, victims we, and and their families, and we pray for the survivors, and for all all who were involved, especially the first responders, uh, the doctors, the nurses, the police, the fire, all who were involved. We hope that God you know, continues to um, bless the survivors and, and takes care of those who were, who were the victims. It's a, it's a terrible situation. Okay. So uh, enough of the heavy stuff. Uh, yes. We're going to uh, now move on to the rest of our show. Uh, just, uh, we're going to uh, go to our drinking segment. What are we drinking? The Lord loves the drinking man. He sent honky tonk angels to the promised land. I hear that he can turn the water to wine. Any man that can do that, oh, he's a good friend of mine. I drink alone. Yeah, with nobody else. Drink the drink. But I don't want the drink. He doesn't want the drink. You look like I need a drink. So, yes, what are we drinking today? Uh, That's a good question, Dom. <laughs> so, uh, I'm going to go first, because I'm really enjoying mine. Mine is from Weyerbacher, uh, the Merry Monks Belgian-style triple. Um, and I got to say, this is really tasty. It's very citrus, like, or, like not citrus like lemon, citrus like orange. It's got this orange aftertaste. It's very, it's, um, it's a, a light color. Um, not filtered. You can tell it's not filtered. It's it's a bit cloudy, but um, or not over filtered, not clear. Um, and it's but it's got this nice citrusy orange flavor on the on the after finish. I'm really enjoying this. It's a it's a nice beer um, from Weyerbacher. There you go. The Merry Monks. I, I bought it because it was the Merry <coughs> Merry Monks. I like monks. 
Well, this is a, uh, I'm going to butcher a lot of this French. It's the Saison Dupont. Uh, I'm not, it's a Belgian farmhouse, farmhouse ale. Uh, I will not, it's bottle conditioned. Um, I will not attempt some of the names here of the brewery. I'll leave that to Dom to put in the show notes, or even if he wants to look at it now, he's got a better French, fake French accent than I do. Oh, I can see why you would want, not want to accidentally, uh, yeah, (laughs) it's Brasserie Dupont, (laughs) not Brazier, not Brazier, Brazier Dupont. It's Brasserie Dupont, top Belgium. So it's imported. It's imported, obviously. Uh, Total beverage solution, Mount Pleasant, South Carolina. It is, uh, it's, it's actually as, you know, Everyone who's listened to the podcast knows I like the saisons. I like the farmhouse ales. Um, this is no different than any of those that we've talked about before in the past. It's really got that same fresh, crisp taste. It's a little cloudy. It's ba- it's bottle conditioned, so it's a little cloudy, but not too bad. It's got great carbonation and it's got a great taste. A great crisp, clean taste. No major aftertaste, and uh, I really, I really like that. I don't like a lot of aftertaste. Yeah, this one says uh, that the the uh, this. Brasserie Dupont is one of the last Europe's last farmhouse breweries. Wow! So well, there you go. So another great another selection great selection by Dom from the craft beer cellar in Braintree. Our my favorite uh, beer good old craft dispenser. cellar from Braintree. We're, they should be our. We, they should sponsor. They us. should sponsor us. That is that is an unsponsored endorsement. That is unsponsored. Uh, if you go, if you find any of the craft beer cellar locations, they're they're you great. You should go there. Yes. Uh, so. Uh, and by the way, remember yes. I sent you the link to this this new brewery that opened near us. Uh, yeah, you said that. Yeah, I sent uh, we don't make our brewery. Yeah, we need to do Rain a tree. We need to do a show there. Yeah, they have a tap room, so I'm like, I'm thinking we need to go there. We we'll take the re- the remote stuff live and, and do a do a on location on location show, show while we're taste testing all their beers. I think that would be awesome. That would be a lot of fun. We gotta we gotta we, set a date. We, for we that. should do that. All right, we've set we, it, and we need to talk to them first before we. Yes, you know, I mean they don't need to provide us with any special consideration. No, just, well we'll pay just, for our, our stuff. Yeah, yeah, we just we're gonna be there. and We're gonna record our podcast. Yeah, yeah. Um, the one of the things that brought attention to me was um, their their coffee stout. The coffee from the stout comes from my favorite coffee house, oh. which is Red Eye Roasters in Hingham, oh, Massachusetts. Oh, there you go. Uh, and they're they're awesome. Uh, been going there for years. He loves the Red Eye. Love the Red Eye Roasters. So uh, it's, so they provide the coffee. So I'm like, that, I have to try that stout because you know two favorite things it come together. Like an awesome thing. So uh, so that's what we're drinking. So from that we go to. Sports. Sports. Bobby Orr behind the net. The Sanders and Orr. Here comes a pizza. See it. Okay, the, the uh, possibility of hearing that again this year is is fading. <laughs> well, let's talk about the positive first. Let's well, talk about the Red Sox. Well, first, first. Actually, first we have to address the the issue that came up on Twitter, which is we've been accused of spending too much time talking about uh, Boston, Boston sports. sports. Uh, here's the thing. I don't like college sports. I'm not a college sports follower. I don't watch college basketball. I don't watch college football. It's just not my thing. My My sport that I'm interested in is Patriots football. I, I, it opens up a little bit into professional football beyond that, 
but and and I and I like Red Sox baseball, but I don't get a lot of chance to watch it because of it, there's so many games in his life. So we kind of focus on the on this the stuff that that we are interested in. Father Chip has much wider tastes. I do. Uh, you, your college football. I like college football. I, I'm pr- I the root Buckeyes. For, I root for the Ohio State Buckeyes. I have for over yeah. thirty years. All right. uh, I love the Buckeyes, and I'd be happy to talk about them. But it's not something that Tom's interested in, so it's yeah. hard to have that kind of conversation. No, and I'm fine with that. We, and you know, I'm happy to kind of be the the sounding board, and you, right. you could talk about it. But I don't have much to say. In, in and it's kind of a boring conversation if you're just one person right. having the conversation. Because so the podcast is really both. Father Chip and I talking about stuff that interests right, us. Right, exactly. So, um, so if you you know want to skip ahead a minute, every couple of minutes, every time this segment comes, yeah, up. just hit the hit the skip ahead button, and, yeah. and we'll be done in a few minutes. Yeah, I mean, I think it's good to talk about the positive first. The Red Sox are in the playoffs. Yes, and Excellent. they're they're in the uh, American League Division Series. They're going to be <laughs> starting up against the Astros on Thursday afternoon, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. I I don't know if they're going to win. I don't know if they got a good chance or not. This team is up and down. You just never know what say, you're going to get. Halfway through the season, the idea that they'd be in the postseason was not a given. I know. <laughs> and they were in first place for a long time. It just seemed like they were going to blow it. They're very inconsistent this year. Um, they're Sometimes they're on target and sometimes they're not. Sometimes it's the pitching. Sometimes it's the hitting. Yeah, you never know. So. And so you don't know what team's going to show up in the playoffs. And that's what concerns me. Right. Um, also, they have some unproven... Uh, pitching in in the playoffs. Uh, Chris Sale has never been in the playoffs, to my knowledge. Mm. Um, Did he get a, a strikeout record this year? Well, he 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 tied. I think no he he got three hundred strikeouts, and that was second to Pedro. Right. He never he never caught Pedro. Right, Pedro Martinez. Pedro Martinez had three hundred and something, uh, three hundred and fifteen, three hundred nineteen, whatever it was, yeah. and he never quite got there. But he he did break the three hundred strikeout mark, which was a big deal. Okay. Uh, in, okay. in baseball. So that is big. It is. And the playoffs are, you know, I'm very excited. And I have a friend who's an Astros fan on Facebook. Uh, and uh, and I know she'll be watching the game. She's going to the first game. It's in uh, Houston. So I know she'll be texting me and whatnot. Um, I look forward to it. If they, if they win, great. I'm excited. I just don't trust this team. <laughs> right. I just don't. Wait, so who is the favorite team going into the playoffs this year? It's a good question. Um, I would say, um, Probably Cleveland in the American League, and uh, I would say uh, e- either Chicago or L.A. Uh, in 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 the in the National League. Okay. Um, the Cubs have a have a really good team still. Uh, it's hard to repeat. Uh, the Dodgers have an excellent team, over 100 wins. Um, they've got uh, some great pitching, some great hitting. They're a good team. Uh, they have a good shot at it. Mm. Um, I, I'm I kind of like after the Red Sox. I kind of like the Indians. I mean, just they're a great classic team. I like Tito um, Francona. Yeah. I, I will root for Cleveland if the Red Sox are not in it. Exactly, I will. And and frankly, my I'm I'm just happy that the Yankees came out a couple games behind the Red Sox. They didn't win the American League East, but they're in the playoffs, so we still may have to contend with them. You never know. Right, right. Um, but we'll see. I mean, I, I I'm 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 going into this with an open heart and open mind. Yep. And you know, I. It's hard as a Red Sox fan to be as gloomy as we once were because we've won three World Series in the last <laughs> I, I you know, know 17 years. And it's so it's just it's hard to it's hard to be like, oh, we blew it again. Oh. You know, I <laughs> oh, can't, there's always next year. So I, I can't catch that. I can't catch that angst anymore. Right. Exactly. I, I just can't. Um, and I don't want to, quite frankly. I like winning. Um, 
anyway, so the, the Red Sox are in. Um, we should probably talk about our New England Patriots. If we must. Okay, so I missed the watching last week's game, last Sunday against the Carolina Panthers, because I was at the Massachusetts March for Life. Um, and you and I did not miss anything. You were doing a much better thing. <laughs> I was watching the game, and I would at towards the at the once the game was over, I was thinking maybe I should have gone to the march for life. <laughs> Might have been time better spent. Yeah. So I mean, the the fact is, is Tom Brady is carrying the game, the team as much as absolutely can. I mean, the the offense is scoring based on his arm and his accuracy. Um, you know the. They scored 30 points this past Sunday. That should be enough to win. Right. The defense is, 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 is just not doing it. No, and it's the secondary, which we thought was going to be a strength because of the, you know, the signing of, of Gilmore. Stephon Gilmore. Yeah. Uh, but he has literally been the worst, um, you know, defensive back I've, I think I've ever seen. He is making... Really? He's making terrible mistakes. Um, he is leaving uh, parts of the field wide open, players wide open. He's going over and covering guys that are already covered that don't need to be covered. He's not doing his job. He's not doing his job correctly from what I can see. And I'm not, I'm not, you know, a coach. I don't know all the schemes, but you know, when you're watching and you see a guy that's wide open catching the ball, you, you know, you realize that somebody blew an assignment and, and it's clearly been Gilmore most of the time, especially this past week. It was brutal to watch. Um, absolutely brutal. They couldn't stop anybody. They couldn't stop. They couldn't stop Cam Newton, was who's not having a great year. Right. Um, and that was sad. It was sad to watch. Um, do I think they can turn it around? Yeah, I think they can. I think there's too much talent there to not turn it around. Right. Um, but lately, um, I'm worried, and I'm worried about this week's game against Tampa because, quite honestly, it's a short week for one. It's thing. a short week, and I don't know that they have the time to. To get ready. The other to thing. To fix the things that are a problem. Exactly. And the other problem is, the, is as good as Brady has been, the offensive line has not been the best. Let's just leave it at he's that. He's tackled a lot. Uh, he's sacked he's a lot. Sacked, or, or knocked down. He's been sacked, knocked down, hurried, hit uh, a lot. And he's 40 years old. And you can only take so much of that. If this barrage continues of him getting hit all this, all like this, every the way it has the last four games, he's not going to make 16 games. No, there's just no way. And that concerns me. Uh, he's an, you know, he's 40 years old. I'm 49 and I couldn't do it. I would be dead. I'd be dead in three seconds. I don't care how many, uh, uh, kale shakes he, yeah. or whatever the heck he's yeah. eating or not you can, eating. You can give me all the avocado ice cream in the world, <laughs> you know, and, and, and I could sleep eight hours and drink 16 gallons of water a day and everything else. And all I'm going to do is be waking up in the middle of the night, going to the bathroom. Um, you know, so I, I think it's, I'm concerned. Um, do I think they're going to make the playoffs? Yes. Do I think they're going to win the Super Bowl? No. Yeah. I don't. I think there's too many teams right now that are playing. But now that could change in four weeks. Right. Right. It, this is not the time to start saying, right. talking about the end of the dynasty. Right. I've made that mistake in public. Before. I have too. Uh, oh, this is it. This is the, the we've seen and, the and, end. I've and, done that several times. And, and the ESPN 
uh, pundits have done it uh, every year. Oh, they do it every time they every lose. Every year, every year. <laughs> yeah, the Patriots, they just aren't that good anymore. You know, and I think that was Troy, well, Trent Dilfer. Yeah, every time know, they lose, dope, they do it. <laughs> you know, and I, you know, in, the, in that year that he said they weren't good anymore, they won the, they won the Super Bowl. Right, of course. And so, you know, I think Brady can carry them so only so far. The defense has to step it up a notch. The offensive line needs to step it up a notch. I think this loss this past Sunday might be a wake up call, mm-hmm. um, but they got such a short week before they got to play Tampa on Thursday that I'm just concerned that they can't grab it all together. But then they get ten days to figure it out yeah. before their next game, and and hopefully they can figure it out. I think maybe they they have to dumb down the the defensive schemes a little bit, um, even though um, Gilmore was there for the entire uh, off season. Um, clearly something is not clicking in him and he, you know, maybe they're not using him right. Maybe he yeah. is meant to be used in the way well, he was used because when he was in Buffalo, he was excellent. Well, the Patriots uh, are famously have a complicated it's defensive It's very teams. complicated. The whole playbook is complicated right. between the offense and the defense. And we've seen great players get brought in by the Patriots before and right. struggle. Absolutely. Because it's, because it takes, a, it takes a lot of intellectual it's to, they, to get there. I will say, uh, coach, um, uh, McDaniel said it, said it to me and said it to us, uh, at that private event that we had back in the spring after the Super Bowl at my parish school. Um, he said they look for smart players, not necessarily the best players, right. but they look for the smartest players and the smartest players they can teach the stuff to and make them good players. And I'm not saying that Stefan Gilmore is dumb. I'm just saying he, he's struggling. He's struggling. He's struggling. And he needs to step it up. Yeah. And, 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 you know, the rest of the NFL, I don't want to get into, I don't want to get into all that stuff. You all out there know what's going on with the NFL, the kneeling of the not kneeling, the standing, the not standing, all that other stuff. I don't really care. It's not my business. Um, I just like to watch the Patriots. I really, if the Patriots aren't playing, I might watch red zone just to see the scores because I play fantasy football. Right. And so I, that's my only interest in other teams. I'll occasionally watch a, like a Monday night game or Sunday night game yeah, sort of thing. Occasionally. If, if there's an interesting matchup. Right. But yeah, generally, if it looks like it's going to be a good so, game, I'll watch it. But if it's if it's a game and all of a sudden it's a blowout, like in the thir- second quarter, I'm not sticking around for the second half. So here's here's a non Patriots uh, football related Ooh. story that we, that we can talk about, which is Are you happy out there, Twitterverse. Tony Romo is so much better than Phil Simms. Oh my gosh, he's better. <laughs> it's not even so funny. Tony Romo's now in the in the uh, CBS uh, booth broadcasting. He is. He, much better compared to like how he was Phil as a Sims. quarterback. Well, how he was a quarterback, I would never predict that he'd be he'd be this good in the booth. But he's he really knows the game. He knows the game. He didn't like not just to play it. Like Phil Sims, Super Bowl good, winning quarterback, good, good player, but but wasn't really good at like talking about it. Wasn't smart about like from the from the booth sort of standpoint. I mean, it's a different cliches. Kind. A lot of cliches. Yeah, with Phil. It's a different skill set. But but Romo obviously. Knows and loves the game from an intellectual standpoint, and is good at the, at talking about it and breaking it down. Like when he was talking about, okay, we're back to the Patriots. Patriots. Tom Brady, um, you know, in the pocket doesn't have happy feet. Right, he stands still. His feet are very still. I'm like, okay, that is an interesting insight. Right, and 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 his ability to call the play, like, oh, right. they're going to run here, or it's going to be a uh, uh, off left tackle and stuff. Like he. He just knows it. Well, I think with Dallas Cowboy fans are probably going, well, why didn't you know it when you were on the field? Now, <laughs> with, with Romo, the, the thing with Romo is he does know it now. At some point, 
the game plans, the game will, like, move, the move, game will move past him and he'll have to figure that out. I think that's what happened to Phil. I think the game moved past Phil yeah. and he just, the last say three, four, five years, he just wasn't, he just wasn't very good anymore. And he was running on, he was running on the fumes of the beginning of his career, which is fine. Phil Sims is a nice man. He seems like a nice man. Yeah. He seems like a good guy. But just to call but, the game. But you know, Romo is a major upgrade and I'm glad that he's doing it. And And you're right. He knows the game. He knows the schemes. He knows He's a smart player. He can figure stuff out. And I bet you when he, when they do their pregame, um, you know, information sessions with, with, when they sit down with Brady, when they sit down with Belichick, he probably talks to them about the, you know, different schemes and stuff. I'm not saying they give anything away, but they know the language. They speak right. the same language. The, the, the game right now, the professional football is, is similar to the way he played it. Right. So he's he knows still familiar it. With it. Yeah. He's very familiar with it. And he's, and he's clearly more clear-headed. Well, that's why, why like the guys who, who are players decades ago and are still in the booth and still doing a good job, that makes it all the more impressive. It does. That they're all able it to does. keep up. It's hard. It's hard. I, I mean, mean, Dan Deardorff did it for ages. He it, was great. He was very good. I always liked Dan Deardorff. Yeah. One of the things that I think it, it passes these guys by, I mean, think about um, uh, John Madden. I mean, oh, John yeah. Madden was, you know, when I was a kid, like when I was a teenager, when I was in college. John Madden was the announcer, man. Like you, oh, yeah. you know, you listened to what he had to say. He, he knew stuff when we were adults, like when we were older, the 2002 Super Bowl. he was a clown, right? It was, it was, it was kind of, it was kind of a joke on him. Uh, like the, after the Patriots won the 2002 Super Bowl, it really kind of showed up Yeah, how much Madden had lost. This right. You that he, like he was like he, through the third quarter into the fourth quarter, he was like, the, these Patriots are done. I mean, a lot of people were. But he was just talking down the Patriots, like right to the very last drive. He was saying, what are they doing? They should be playing for overtime. Right. You know, uh, and he just totally missed it. And it right. just kind of showed how Madden had kind of. I agree with that. It had been passed by. It's, and it's a shame. He was a, he was a, he was a good coach and he was a good. He was an amazing uh, announcer. Good announcer. I mean, and this is why we have Madden NFL football. Right. Like 15 years after he stopped broadcasting. Right. Right. He's an, he's sort of a, a franchise unto himself. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I mean, it, it, you know, we, we love football. I think it's safe yes. to say, and we love the, I, I'll go, I'll go to, uh, my alma mater's football games if I'm around in the area or I'll, I, I've even gone to, uh, you mean Ithaca? N- no, I'm talking about, um, like high school. <laughs> Does Ithaca have a football Yes, team? they have a very oh. good football oh, team. Oh, good, good. They're a division three powerhouse. Oh yeah. I w- might add. Oh good. When I was there, they won a national title. Excellent. I mean, I Ithaca. didn't play, but I mean, you know, I, 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 I watched the game. My alma mater is <laughs> Franciscan University of Steubenville. We don't have a football team. Yes. <laughs> yes. Ding. Many, Drink. Many people have gone there who are very smart and great and talented <laughs> and successful. Drink. Yes, uh, it, it's a great place. But your alma mater, your high school. My high school yeah. alma mater. I'll go to like I, I if I'm around in the area, if I'm visiting, I'll I'll stop in the game if I can. It's I fun. like to go to the Thanksgiving game if I can. Um, that's a big deal up here in New England. Um, it is. It's sort of like the first the first six years after you graduate from high school. Yeah, it's big. Then you, you always go to the game. You see your friends. Right. And then it, you know people start to get married. Start right. To have kids. They move away. They move they, away. Yeah. And then and then. When your kids are old enough, if you're still, if you still live in the town yep. and your kids are old enough, then you start, start going, going, school, going, then you start going again and you start going again and you start going again and the same people are there, right? <laughs> that, that were there when you graduated. So, yeah. you know, I, 
a lot of my old friends still live in Reading where I grew up and still go to the games and some of them, their kids are playing now and it's, it's exciting to watch on Facebook. Um, you know, the, the proud parents of these kids who were my classmates, um, as they, as they ascend to football greatness, um, <laughs> you know, Reading became a powerhouse after we graduated. They, they won multiple state championships, um, you know, since 95, I think. And, uh, so it's been they really have come into their own in that way. I, I, I just like, I like football. I like the strategy. Is you talking about Stratego earlier? Yeah. Football is a strategy it game. It definitely is. It's not all, you know, about who's got the toughest, strongest guys, although that helps. Yeah. Um, but it, it, you know, when I think about Brady, he's not the strongest guy on the team. No. He's not the strongest quarterback in the league. Well, he got, we got, uh, 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 drafted in the sixth round. That's right. He's in 199, baby. Famously. Famously. <laughs> and so, you know, and when you see him in those old combine videos, you, 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 you say to yourself, yeah, I would have passed on him too. Yes. Um, but he's not, he's smart. He's, he knows the game. He knows the strategy and the Patriots, um, sorry, Twitter people, the Patriots have the best coach in the world. Right. coaching them right now and you know um they have great offensive coach in jo and josh mcdaniels who happens to be also a really nice guy um i really think that Name drop. They, they're gonna i know <laughs> well you know josh and i were hanging out one time and, <laughs> if, uh, if i if i had personal conversations with josh mcdaniels i would name drop him. you gotta name drop <laughs> the coach of course that's right um i didn't go to franciscan University, University in Steubenville, so and, I can't and, name drop that. And no Father Mike Scanlon. I didn't know yeah. Father Mike. I knew oh, Father Mike Scanlon. Although, I will say this, speaking of that, um, based on something you posted the other day, I bought his auto, his biography. Uh, oh, good. Let the Fire I'm Fall? A, yeah, Let the Fire Fall. I'm That's read a good it. biography. I ordered it from the school because when I went to Amazon, it was it was much more expensive. Ordering it from the school was like a discounted price of oh, wow. $13 or something like that. Oh, cool. So I got it. I'm waiting for it to arrive. I'm I'm kind of excited. It's not on, available on Kindle for or any other service for whatever reason. Oh, weird. But um, so I had to order the actual book. But um, a real paper book. Yes, a wow, real paper book. Weird. I'm, I'm excited about it. <laughs> Good. It, it was actually I read that book uh, like the, the the spring before going to school. There, there you go. Because I wanted. To, well, he know. he. I started watching some YouTube videos of him his preaching. And oh, he was great. He is a really, he really was a great preacher. He was. Um, and I, you know, I'm gonna steal stuff. <laughs> Definitely, because Definitely. he was he had outstanding, style. outstanding. <laughs> and and even as he got older, yes, he was still outstanding. Uh, although I have to say, the the, the best the best homilist uh, on campus was Father Gus. The uh, he was a much older uh, monk who had this. He looked gruff. But he was a prankster. Yeah, yeah. But one time he got up in the pulpit and he looked out over the congregation of college students and he glared at everybody and he said, <laughs> negative humors from the pits of hell. Keep it there. Turned around and walked back to the... <laughs> uh, 20 years later, I still remember that homily. <laughs> hey, we always remember the short ones, Dom. Trust me. <laughs> exactly. We always remember the short ones. Because I remember when there was... Uh, this was kind of funny. We were in the seminary and a priest, who we, I think we both know... Um, he was, he's an older gentleman. Um, he's a parochial vicar now, um, but he was a, a Old Testament scripture scholar. And at one point he got up and I think it was a homily. It was a homily in the summertime when I was there working and there was so very few of us there. There might've been 10 people in the chapel 
And he got up and he said it was on July 25th. And he said, six months to Christmas. And he sat down. (laughs) (laughs) Now there's some deep theology to unpack in that. (laughs) That's right. Six months to Christmas. Think about that. Think about that. But anyway, on to something else. Our main topic, we talked about this last time, actually. We wanted to talk about the new shows of the TV season. That we were uh, watching and interested in. I mean, there's a lot of new shows. We yeah. can only watch so many. Um, Sorry if this is a long podcast, but it's gonna, it's, well, it's, it's it's been three weeks. Three weeks. A lot weeks, happening. A lot happening. Uh, watch. We, it'll be two weeks before the next podcast. So listen to this over the next two weeks. Yeah. Parcel it out on your exactly. run or your walk or where I know. your I, drive. I'm doing exactly the, the what I fish shake at other people doing. I know, but that's okay. You'll, we, it's good content. Good stuff. People. Good stuff. Good stuff. So uh, we want we wanted to talk about the shows we had watched. Yes. The new shows that we were enjoying. There's a a lot of shows there are that are um that are military yeah i noticed that focused um, i noticed that um there's the one that hasn't come, premiered yet that i'm look, looking forward to is uh swat yes the remake of a show you and i both oh, remember from our childhood yes i love swat uh, i just think that even, i can even hear the theme in my head you know it's, very 70s but so i want to talk about so we already talked about the orville uh yeah that was my pick a couple weeks ago it's it's actually doing it's pretty it's good doing, doing well in the ratings it's, too and and it's uh there's this big thing online right now which one's more like real star star trek the orville or star trek discovery and i mean i'm not going to get into that because i like i like them both uh, spoilers I like, yeah, uh, we'll, we'll yeah talk yes. about star trek discovery in a second yes but the orville um is good i i was a little you, as you'll know i was a little worried about the uh last couple of episodes yes. that seemed to kind of get a little liberal social liberal well, I, don't, I don't quite know what they're getting at yeah. with the with this character of Bortus who they seem comes be... from a planet that's all male right and so it, it 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 seems as though they're gay but they really can't be gay because they're all male and except, that's the except whenever a female is born yeah they, that's weird they gender reassign yeah I mean they had this big thing about gender reassignment yeah which was interesting in that it, in the end it turned out that Changing her gender was a bad thing, which right. is kind of interesting how they right. went that way. But it's but it's an alien species that right. reproduces by an egg, and so it's like, I mean, are they really male if they have an egg? It's just it, it's a weird it, thing. I mean, it's hard to to go one to one. This is what it means for us because they're alien, and it doesn't work. Right. Like so that. I think with that show, you suspend disbelief a little bit, and you just kind of just roll kinda with move it. on. Yeah, because there's other stuff going on. They were, they and good episode, episode's good. Good episode this past week. Yes. About that 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 weird uh, ship with uh, was like a biosphere. Yeah, that was a good episode. I like that. Uh, it's and it and apart from some of the jokes, especially some of the off color jokes. Yeah, yeah. It kind of feels like um, a little um, like Star Trek Next Generation. Yeah, it's it's Next Generation E a little bit. Yeah. You know, what I mean, it's uh, it's Next Generation Light, so to speak. I mean, yeah. it doesn't have the. It doesn't have the backstory of Star Trek to it, and it's and it's not the um, the elite crew, right? It's sort of the mid range crew. It's the middle of the road we, guys. We talked about Orville, yeah. So I don't it's enough. Be, it's enough. Yeah. yeah. So, but the one, like the first one, I bring up is uh, the Brave. Okay. I, now that I haven't seen, so, so you'll have to talk. So the about Brave that. is about this. Um, it's sort of a, a, an elite undercover military team um, that that works for. I think, think the defense intelligence agency i mean they're not quite like um uh, military special forces although you get the sense they're military they're more like uh cia special operations group like a black ops thing they're a black ops team okay um and they um 
their their first episode they had to rescue a doctor who had been, from Doctors Without Borders who had been taken by uh, ISIS. Their second one they had to rescue a CIA agent who was being hunted by uh, the uh, what is the KGB successor in FSB FSB counter counterintelligence in Ukraine. So you know they have they they have these special missions they go in and do the thing. It 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 has the feel of um, a procedural, like a police procedural, like a CSI or an NCIS, where the characters have backstories, but it's not really about the characters. It's about what happens. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, like, there's one, there's the, uh, the, there's one character, he's black, he, they call him Preacher, and it, he's always making remarks about faith, okay? Mm-hmm. Which is interesting, but it's almost overdone. And then they have the, the, the female uh, team member who had to put up with the good old boy network and and all that sort of stuff to get where she is today. And then there's the irreverent guy. And then, you know what I mean? So they, they all kind of fit these personas, these, these types. Yep. That'll change over time yeah. if it's successful. I still kind of like it. I mean, it's growing on me. I'm going to get like, my rule is I give us a, a new se- series, six episodes to, to kind of catch on. And if I, if it doesn't catch on with me, I, I drop it. But so far I'm liking it. The lead character is a, a, a actor, Adam Dalton. Um, you might remember him from the dome. I uh, saw that, uh, which was a, it was like a summer series yeah. based on a Stephen King no- novel. He was okay in that. Uh, he was, he was hampered a little bit by the material, but it's a, it's a interesting. It's, but it's, it's very much like NCIS in that it's sort of pro m- pro military. Like it's not like, that's a, good again, you know, like, Oh, the military is full of bad people. Sort of. I mean, it's very, uh, red America sort of show. Okay. So uh, that's what I'm liking so far. Um, and the next one you and I have both watched called Seal Team. Seal Team, yeah. This one stars uh, David Boreanaz from uh, Buffy and Bones. Yep. And a, a 1991 graduate of Ithaca College. Uh, ding, ding, ding. Ding, ding. Drink. Drink. Uh, <laughs> but this one is uh, grittier. It is. I like it. Uh, I do too. Uh, I like the grit. I like the, I mean, there is a little bit of a cliche with the, you know, the, the military guy who's kind of estranged from his wife right, and, the, the family, and tr- family troubles, troubles and, and all that other right, stuff. Right. But hopefully it catches on and they can kind of get past that a little bit. Yeah. The, you know, people, people die, you know, the team members get killed. Right. It, it's, it's, it, this is grittier than brave. It is uh, gritty. Brave is, is like lots of bullets fly around, but nobody's going to, nobody really important dies. Like, yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. like people get killed, but nothing like. A big, but this well, is part much, of the setup of this one is that on a mission like the very on, beginning the, at the very beginning yeah. one of the one of the team members get killed and and uh, david Boreanaz Boreanaz character blames himself because right he's he was the leader of the of the mission now did you notice so the the, the team member who dies is his best friend yes is he was the godfather of the team member's son yes and so the so they were at his first communion. Yeah, that was awesome. So they had like first communion uh, going. That out. was great, yeah. and it was pretty realistic. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was pretty good. I mean, yeah. Was, in other words, it, both of these shows they treat religion as something that real people do. Right. <laughs> I mean, the, the 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 seal characters. You know, the one of them. They're they're they're, they're irreverent. Yeah. Uh, but, well, they're military guys. Right. Yeah. But but. but but there's this idea that, you know, religion is a thing. It's, a, yeah. it's what people, it's part of people's lives. We're not going to pretend that it doesn't exist like most TV does. Well, even on Bones, um, they sometimes made a big deal about um, his character, um, the male, uh, what's his name? 
Boreanaz's character? Yeah, his character was a faithful Catholic. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I wonder if that's like something that is him because I don't know to see this um, happening again. In I know it's series. kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, I'm like I said, I'm wary of celebrities chasing and you know. Me too. Oh, he's Catholic. I want to be you know. But 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 the, it's cool that, that he's uh, that it's. I can never pronounce his name. Boreanaz. Boreanaz. It's the Buffy thing. I've I've heard yeah. stuff about Buffy for so long. <laughs> he was um, but he was good in Bones, and um, I I stopped watching that show towards the end because I it it had passed its time. Right. Um, that's and, like me and NCIS. Yeah, it's I, gone. I can't watch it anymore. I, I gave it up a few seasons ago just because it, for me it had become repetitive. Yeah, exactly. and there was so much else I wanted to watch. Exactly. Uh, but it's but like if I sat down and watched it, a new episode, I'd probably enjoy it. You probably would. I mean, I just I like Mark Harmon. I like I do too. The, Mike, the Mark Harmon is is a faithful uh, Catholic. Is he really cool? Yes, and he. Um, I don't know if I ever told you this story before. Maybe I have. Mark Harmon. Um, Father um, Brian Smith, who passed away a few years ago, mm -hmm. uh, was a faithful NCIS person. Watched it all the time. Watched the reruns. He was like, he just watched big, big fan. And so he was, a, and he was a big fan of Mark Harmon. So he was on his deathbed, and Mark Harmon called. To really? Talk to him. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Wow. And they had a they had a long conversation on the phone and. Uh, it was the last, one of the last things that Brian did before he passed. And it was all set up, you know, by people on, on you know, that worked the, worked the, uh, uh, phone lines and everything else trying to get this to happen. And it worked out and, uh, it did happen. And I'll forever be a fan of Mark Harmon for that. Um, because he didn't have to do that. Right. You know, and he just didn't. And he's, so he's a good guy in my book. Cool. That is yeah. cool. So, uh, but, uh, so SEAL Team. SEAL Team's excellent. I good. like it. Uh, oh, that's a thumbs up from both of us on thumbs that one? Thumbs up. Okay. So, um, another one, I want to skip Discovery just for the second, because we'll probably spend more time talking about that. Okay. But uh, another one that I uh, just watched the other night uh, is Ghosted. I watched that. So this is fun. This is on Fox. Um, it stars Adam Scott and Craig Robinson. Uh, you'll remember Adam Scott from Parks, Parks and, and Rec, Rec. And, and Craig Robinson from The Office. Uh, the Office. Um, they are just funny. So it's a the, funny show. So the premise is uh, uh, Craig Robinson is Leroy Wright, a former missing persons detective. Um, Ma uh, Adam Scott is Max Jennifer, a scientist who's convinced that his wife was abducted by aliens. And they're recruited out of the blue by this secret government agency called the Bureau Underground to investigate supernatural cases. Uh, so they're... Uh, the first, I've only seen the one episode. It yeah, was only fun. one episode's aired. Yeah. So yeah. you haven't missed anything, but it was a fun, it was, it was fun. fun. I mean, those it was, guys are both funny and, and they've got a good chemistry. Yeah. I liked it. The, the writing was funny. The, yeah. the, 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 the setups, they kind of uh, joke, like there's some, some, you know, some of the standard cliches that they kind of joke about, you know, the, the alien abduction sort of stuff. Um, it was good. I mean, Adam Scott is awkward, which yes. he does very well. You know, Craig Robinson plays the big gruff dude very well. And he's kind of his the heart of gold. His humor is kind of um, subtle in a yes. lot of ways. You know, yes. he just kind of, he says stuff and you're like, Oh, that was funny. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and he, and he, he plays off of the, um, the uncomfortableness of Adam Scott's like, you know, like Adam Scott will say something that is, uh, could be perceived as prejudice or something like that. <laughs> right. And he doesn't mean it that way. And then, Craig Robinson's really good 
at playing off of that. Yes. Which he got, I think, from the years on The Office, again, playing against Michael Scott. Right, and, right. And Steve Carell. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I think they bring a lot of the, that those uh, characters with them to these new characters. Um, I think it's, I think it's got a good shot. It's in a good, it's in a good time slot. Right. Um, uh, near, um, Sundays, sun- 30. Sundays in its feet. So it's after the Simpsons before family guy, which you'd think that would help it. Right. I hope so. I hope people still watch the yeah. Simpsons. I think people are, I mean, it's yeah. been on for 30 years. Yeah. Um, so anyway, um, it's a pretty good show. I, I, I enjoyed the first episode. I watched, I actually watched it on the plane, uh, coming back. Oh, wow. Yeah. They, they had it on. They must, that was, that's actually earlier than it aired. On- it was earlier than it aired. Oh, yeah. Cool. So I saw it before it aired. Yeah. Right. So, uh, so then there's some shows that you've seen that I haven't seen. So you saw young Sheldon. I saw young Sheldon, which is CBS. CBS. It's on after the big bang theory as of November. Um, it's, it, they just showed one episode okay. so far. Um, it's, you know, it's funny. It has a lot of so funny moments. It fe- so it's got an unusual premise, which is it's about, Sheldon, Sheldon Cooper, Cooper, the the character as from a Big Bang Theory, but as a nine year old going to high school, nine years old going to high school, okay. and his brother is in, a prodigy, and his brother is in the same freshman class as him, Ugh. and uh, his twin sister, um, it goes still goes to she was funny at the dinner table, they were talking about going to school the next day, and and she's she's I'm just happy he ain't going to the same school as me no more, something like that, you know, like. <laughs> She really can't stand him, and, and uh, it's so funny. And his mother is very religious. Yes, and does that come out in the a little bit? Not much so far. Um, okay, but a little bit. They pray at dinner and stuff like that. So and, and he rejects religion as a very, as a sign to a certain point. Yeah. You know, to a certain point, it's funny. She was trying to get people to go to church with her. They're not Catholic. They're like Baptist, Baptist or something, or something yeah. like that. So she was getting trying to get some of the family to go to church with her on Sunday. And, uh, the father and the older son were, were like, oh, we got football. And, uh, and the daughter's like, well, no, I don't want to go. And so Sheldon says, I'll go with you, ma. And, uh, she, and they were all like, we don't even believe in God. And, uh, he's like, yeah, but I, I believe in mom. <laughs> so Sweet. He, he, he went with her and they dragged the uh, daughter along too. That's funny. It was funny. And then they have some interactions in there with the people. Um, Sheldon's kind of a around town is seen as kind of an oddball and uh yeah. has a reputation he doesn't have a very good first day at school um because he's memorized the uh school code of conduct and the all the rules and everything so <laughs> he uh started calling people out on dress code violations and hair violations and <laughs> mustache and beard regulations and all this other stuff and just kind of became a pariah oh and <laughs> was correcting um math teachers <laughs> Oh, funny! And of stuff. Course. It was just, it yeah. was just questioning their credentials, <laughs> you know, just things like so, that. So, I mean, does it sound like the adult? It's not, a Sheldon? little like the adult Sheldon, okay. and uh, it's funny. It's funny. It's, it's not. I'm not sure if it's something that they can keep up. It'll yeah. be interesting to see if they can. So it's, it's, but it's worth a shot. Okay. How about me, myself, and I? That's another one. Me, myself, watch. and I is an actually an interesting premise. Okay. And it's a story of uh, one man. Uh, told over three different time periods. Um, the the younger version, while he's in middle middle school, the sort of middle aged version, he's like forty forty something years old. And that's today. That's today. Uh, and then the future is played by John Larroquette. Um, he's sixty when he's like sixty five years old, okay. and he's sort of retiring from the his his business world. Uh, he's a he's an inventor. He's a tech guy, tech inventor, and okay. he comes. It, 
in the middle years when Bobby Moynihan's playing the present, he's not very successful yet. But John Larroquette's character, he plays, he's been very successful in his business. And uh, so he's got money and all this other stuff. Um, and the, and the, yeah, it's an interesting premise. So they kind of skip between those time periods throughout, and the show. throughout the show. And so you get to see what's going on. And each, each, it's all related. Like each episode, all the different time periods are, are telling the sort of the same story. Well, sometimes, I mean, there's a, there's a, he claims to have met the love of his life in middle school so they meet okay in the present with bobby moynihan she doesn't she's not around okay but uh, the older john larroquette version meets her again oh, okay and so that that younger version and the older version are kind of playing out the same kind of love story kind of thing okay the middle guy is raising his daughter and, and he's divorced uh, and... he's divorced and raising his daughter okay and his his uh he's living in a garage at his friend's house friend's house garage in california um his friend is played by the guy who played urkel oh jaleel white that's interesting interesting casting also for me one of the hard things i'm having to deal with the show isn't that the premises isn't the premise or the acting the acting's very good the comedy is very good um bobby moynihan and john larroquette are not the same height john larroquette's like gotta be he's tall six or seven inches taller than bobby moynihan (laughs) So it makes no sense and it drives me crazy. Yeah, that would drive me nuts. It's driving me crazy. He's clearly taller they're, than he was when he was 40. They're clearly not at all the same person. No, it's, exactly. They are not the same person. I mean, the difference. Yet they're supposed to be. The difference between when you're 14 and 42 or 40 is, is, is you, you could get away with having people very different. Yes. But between 40 and 65 is not that different. No. I mean, you're not. older and grayer and wrinklier. But right. I mean, if anything, he should be shorter. Right. Exactly. <laughs> you know, it's almost like they should have had um, not 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 this particular actor, but maybe someone like him, like Jason Alexander or my guess is they went somebody. for the best actor they could get. I think they did. And John Larroquette's very good. Yeah. He's I, a good actor. He's probably, a good comic comedian. Oh, I've actor. always loved John Larroquette. Yeah, me, I, my favorite character from him was Dan Fielding from uh, Night Court. Night Court. That was good. But what was he also did that one after it? Uh, uh, where he was the like the at the bus station. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. I forget that one, but I know what you're talking yeah, about. That I like was a that. good show. Too. I mean, Dan Fielding was his breakout character. Absolutely, great character, funny guy. Yeah. Um, John Larroquette's a good actor. Um, the John Larroquette show, I guess it was. There you go. Yeah. And then the other the other thing the other thing that kind of boggles my mind is in the future, John Larroquette is 65 and he's old looking. Yep. The girl is played by Sharon Lawrence who is clearly not 65, even though they're supposed to be the same age. <laughs> and she looks incredible, you know, like, yeah, she's just a beautiful woman. Yeah. And so she's 56. Yeah. So, so they're supposed to be the same age and you're like, <laughs> she clearly so, is younger than him. They clearly don't care about they clear, the details. Like they that. do not care about the details. <laughs> exactly. Fun. Which is kind of humorous in and of itself. John Larroquette, uh, um, trivia. Sure. He was played a Klingon in Star Trek to the Search That's for right. Spock. That's right. Moltz. Moltz. With the other uh, weird Klingon uh, casting of uh, uh, Christopher, Christopher Lloyd. Lloyd, yeah. Who <laughs> was a great Klingon. There he was. He, he's actually a prototypical. You think, we should probably skip on to Discovery, huh? Yeah, let's do this, talk about Discovery. Because there's a lot to talk about yes. there. So we, Star Trek Discovery is controversial in, for several reasons. For, the first of all is 
the first episode aired on CBS. Yes. The rest of it, you have to subscribe to CBS All Access right. to watch it, which is like, what, six bucks a month? It's six bucks a it's month. It's yet another $6 a month that people have to shell out to watch. And they're clearly banking on Star Trek fans being obsessed with finally having another Star Trek series after Enterprise uh, that they will, they will shell out the money for it. And they are right. So far. So far. Some of I'm us paying are. for it. Some of us are. Um, but, so the, but the big question is like, well, for, for one thing, m- most of those fans don't really care. You know, they w- they're not getting it because of the vast range of CBS All Access they're getting. They wouldn't pay for it if they, if they didn't have to. Right. Oh, I uh, wouldn't. And if it was on Netflix or yeah, like it is in, like like in the rest of the world. The rest of the world. Right. It would be great. Yes. And, and, and that's, I think there's some fan resentment for that. There is. I'm resentful of it. Yeah. I am. I, 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 I think it's, look at, I understand what they're trying to do, but you have a show that you think is pretty good. Um, why not just put it on your network? So the other thing, well, the other part of it is, is I think by putting it on streaming, they can do stuff with it that they couldn't do on primetime. I mean, this, the, we saw, they, they've got three episodes that have aired so far. The third episode had some gruesome stuff in it mm. that I don't think you could get away with on CBS. Probably not. On air. Uh, the, the, the bodies. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that was, I mean, not, not grotesque, not like, like, blah, like car movie, but, but more than network TV, you usually would go for, um, maybe the X-Files in its heyday. Yeah. I mean, I think they Fox, could, Fox would show it, but they could get away with it if they wanted to, I suppose. I mean, and all it would take would be a little bit of tweaking to, right. to make it. So the other controversy is, is, you know, it was created by, you know, Brian Fuller, who was a known Star Trek guy. He's, who he was the executive producer. He left. They brought in other people. Um, the sh- the story they've they've changed the Klingons. It's a prequel that goes before ten years before the original series. Right. It's clearly the look and feel of the series clearly doesn't fit that time period. It does not. Um, it's dark too. Well, it's it's dark in, in that sense. So the feel of it is dark. But even just even the lighting, though, the technology, right? The technology clearly doesn't fit. The costumes, the you know, the uniforms don't fit. I mean. What I've done, and that's the problem with doing prequels, right? And and the fact is, is so far what they've shown us, there is no reason for this to be a prequel. No, this could totally be set after Deep Space Nine. Oh yeah, I mean, some people, well, because you have to have the Klingons be villains and you have to be at war with them. There's other people that well, can be villains. Well, not only, well, we'll just make the Klingons not be allies anymore. That's yeah. happened, and and actually in Deep Space Nine, there was a period of time when the Klingons and the uh, Federation were at that's right at, at odds. They they do. I mean, they're pretty fickle about you know. I mean, all a rule, all that has to happen is a ruler has to change. Exactly, which is actually what is happening is is a a a a faction of Klingons have taken control and are at war with right with the Federation with the Federation. And so you've got the, so there's no reason it needed to be a prequel. So that that bugs me. Yeah, I think um, I don't know what the fascination with prequels is. I just don't get it. Um, and Quite honestly, if you were going to do a prequel to next gen, uh, to the original series, why wouldn't you have set it further back? So not well, not well, they've far, already done this, right? Not not as far back right. as Enterprise, because, but maybe fifty years prior. But the thing is, is like, but why you've already they've already done a prequel? Like, why are we doing another prequel? What is why why couldn't they do another show with the Enterprise as the main starship? Why not? You can, why couldn't uh, you have another? Why couldn't you have well, a next generation, the, next generation? Well, what you could have done, well, you could have done is picked up from where the movies left off. Well, the problem, the problem is 
And the the movies time, are owned by Paramount. And the timeline. The TV show is owned by CBS. And that's part of the problem. And there's a timeline problem, too. Right. They split the timeline. The, the so movies the, are not taking place in a... Kelvin timeline, yeah, they're calling it, it. It's not just really a reboot. It's a... Different timeline. It's a branching off of the, of the time. I get that. Um, and that has its own issues. I don't want to necessarily... <laughs> Only one show is unaffected by this, by the movie timeline change, and that's Enterprise. Right, exactly. Everything else changes. Everything else changes. But nevertheless, you could still set stuff even in the original timeline. Right. But you could set it... Like, the thing is, is I really like Discovery's technology, its look and feel, uh, the, the uniforms, the yeah. ship. I like, I like the, uh, the use of virtual reality stuff and the hologram stuff. I like it. It just doesn't fit. I mean... I might be in an old fuddy-duddy because I, I remember the original series with fondness. Mm-hmm. Me too. Uh, yes, a little bit. But, it, you know, it, when it comes down to it, it's just a TV show. Enjoy it for what it is without having to compare it to other things. I get that. Uh, and in that sense, I really like it. I just, it bugs me that they, they did things they didn't need to do, that they could have satisfied the fans and still made this very same show. The way yeah, they in, in some ways they hamstrung themselves and they had to make the main character someone who wouldn't be necessarily a part of Federation history. Mm-hmm. Like Michael Burnham character is probably not going to go down in Federation history because she's a, a mutineer. She's a well, you know, except I don't think she well, who's her who's her her foster brother? Spock. Right. Allegedly. They, right. Well, they've put her in this situation where she's she was taken in by uh, Sarah, Sarah and Amanda, and Amanda uh, when her parents were killed. For what I don't, there's, there's no guy explanation who, yet. Guy who plays Sarah's pretty good. He is good. He is good. He, there are very few um, people who can play Vulcans really well. He's one of them. Yeah. Of course, uh, Leonard Nimoy. Of course, um, Spock from the new movies. Yeah. Uh, what's his name? Jeff. Uh, oh man. Uh, my, guy from Heroes. Zachary. Zachary. Zachary Quinto. Quinto. Yeah. And then the guy who plays Tuvok. Yes. In the Voyager. Yes. Most everyone else is terrible at right. Vulcan, but including Kirstie Alley. It, yes, well, and, she was she was half Romulan, half Vulcan. No, that was the other character. That was no, no. Kirstie Alley was was um not Sarek, uh Savak. Sav- she was half Romulan. No, you're thinking of the other one. Nope. The the one that was played by Kim, not Kim Patrell. Uh, nope. The the one the woman who's blonde. She's in the Star. She's in the. Oh, don't go up against me when Star Trek trivia's on the line, buddy boy. Yeah, well, I'm not exactly uh, 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 I'm not exactly a a, uh, a slouch when it comes to this stuff. Savic, played by two actresses. Yes, she was. Uh, she is Vulcan. I met I met this one. Did you really? Robin uh, Curtis at a at a uh, at a uh, convention well, a number of years ago. She went on to do some other stuff. Yeah, yeah. She was she was very nice as well. I never met Kirstie Alley. Uh, um, but anyway, the. As you're looking this up, I will continue to talk about Discovery. <laughs> I like that when you go onto the bridge, it has that same pinging sound that the old the sensors? Enterprise had. Yeah. yeah. It, which I, sounds like a submarine yeah, sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. I like that. I really do. That I really enjoy. It gives it the same feel. Um, their their uh, technology is, is somewhat slightly behind, but it, not a lot. Behind, but ahead. Yeah, I mean, ahead in the way it looks. Right. I mean, but they've got like a, like they have this communication thing, style with like the hologram where someone can interact with you on, like walk around on your bridge. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, they've got the, 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 the they have the, like, the, was it secondary tactical, which they have uh, the VR gear on. Right. And this, so, so there's stuff that feels like it's ahead, 
<laughs> yeah, but we don't know if it is, you know, I mean, it could be that it could be that it doesn't work out, you know, it could be that it's not yeah. a, yeah, I mean, we can come up with, there's lots of things they could do with it. Yeah. Um, my guess is, is they're gonna, they're gonna do some stunt casting or, uh, oh, yeah. stunt programming where they'll have, they're gonna have to, they're gonna bring in like a young Kirk or a, you think so? It's only 10 years. They'll be like, you think a, they'll bring in, a they'll be an Kirk Ensign though? Kirk or they will be a, uh, Scotty or somebody. Yeah, they'll do it. Like, how could they not do it? It's only 10 years. I've heard, I've heard, and I don't know if this is true. I've heard that there might be a sighting of, uh, Carl Urban as Dr. McCoy. Be interesting. Yeah. I like Carl Urban as Dr. McCoy. He's, he is Dr. McCoy. Yeah. He, like he has DeFore, he is assumed it's almost like he assumed DeForest <laughs> Kelly's acting style and, and yeah. everything else. I think he, he's of the of all of the new the, He's the best. He's the best. Him and him and Quinto. Yeah. I, I like Chris Pine as Kirk. He's not at all like William Shatner. He's but, okay. But I like Chris Pine. I, I like Chris Pine, but I, I'm not I'm not thrilled with his portrayal of Kirk. I gotta be honest with you. Yeah. Okay. I'm just not. I, I, I just wish that I wish there was I just don't like this whole t- I part of he's it is young he's part. too young. Yeah. I don't like the timeline change. I don't, I don't like yeah. the fact that they they put James T. Kirk in charge of the Enterprise out of the academy. Out of, right out of the academy. Right. That never would happen. Right. That's, ever. That's what I that's what I was yelling at the screen as I was watching. Never would this happen. Why can't why? How, no, no, this is impossible. It's they would absolutely never do it. impossible. They would never do it. Even if he showed so much promise. Even if he was 35 years old, he's right out of the academy. Like he can you like the, the idea was is that Shatner was 34, 35 when he was made captain. When he was made captain. Yeah. And he's the youngest he's, captain in Starfleet. Right. And again, so he had a quick career. I, I can I can I can do that. I can do that. I can I cannot, live with that. I cannot live with coming out of the academy and being made captain. That's of the flagships <laughs> of the of the of, of the, the federation. Fleet. Oh my gosh. No. It just it makes no sense. No, no it doesn't. Well, and, that and the fact that in J.J. Abrams, whether it's Star Trek or Star Wars, everything in the universe is within about five minutes of everything else. Yeah. You can yeah. actually see everything right. from the surface of the planet. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's, the, you know, oh, we're five minutes away from Vulcan. Like, why do we need a bunch of starships then? We, yeah, exactly. We need, like, maybe two. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. No, I, 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 I hope that there's some gradual change in the movies. Yeah. Um, and I hope at some point they will do a new, a new show. A new show set after. Set after the, Next Generation. DS9. DS, well, DS9 is the, get the latest timeline, but yeah. You, you know what I mean. DS9 was in the Next Generation universe. Okay. I get I see what you're saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, I mean, you know. I mean, there was some talk. Worf of, was in it. Yeah. I, there was some talk of this new series being set, like, 50 or 75 years after the, the next gen era. That would have been great. When the, the Federation was starting to decline and fall apart. That would have been interesting. It would have been interesting. It would have been dark again. But yeah, but, every but, show has to be dark now. You, but I, I, frankly, I think like the, like to me, I think when I, people ask, what's your favorite series? I think my favorite is, is DS nine. Really? I really like those, the last four or five seasons of DS9 when they were at war with the Dominion had some of the best character development and stories. I mean, just yeah, some I, amazing moments. I, I watched that entire run of DS9 and I liked it um, because I liked some of the actors in it well, a I loved, lot. I loved um, um, uh, Captain Hawk. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, um, you know what I mean? Yes. Uh, 
Benjamin Sisko. Benjamin Sisko, right. I, I had Hawk on the brink because we were talking Avery about him last Brooks. time. Avery Brooks. Avery Brooks. I loved him he in, really in that good. role. He was he's great. really good. He's my favorite captain. He's one of my favorite captains. I wouldn't say he's my favorite, but he's one of them. One of the shows that I couldn't get into in the Star Trek universe was was Voyager. That one I really just couldn't get into. So I'm finished. I'm, I've actually been doing a, a rewatch of Voyager. I'm in the, the beginning of the sixth season. Okay. There are lots to, to not like. Yeah. The fact that Voyager, every episode of Voyager ends with everything back to the way it was, uh, and every and talking and people talking to each other on the bridge. I mean, it's sort of like yeah. You know, what it should be is a ship traveling like through this with no resupply and no you know anything else and gradually falling apart. That's what it should be. That sort of Battlestar Galactica. Yeah, Galactica, it should yes. have been true. Like, yeah. in fact, they had a, like a couple of like a like a two parter called uh, the Hell Gear, where it actually they kind of covered a whole year where they were where this was happening, and then they reset it with a time you know a time paradox thingy. Well, in oh, the Star great. Trek sometimes overuses that stuff yeah I hate um, travel stuff they sometimes overuse that they've overused it this this whole new reboot of the of the series in the movies yes um use the time thing that happened i mean it's just i don't like it i i at any rate yeah um but th- i'm giving discovery a chance i'm giving it a chance because i i i, I mean it's well produced i can't right. deny that it seems to be well, um, it's so far well acted. I like, um, I like Jason Isaac as yes, the new captain. I like Jason Isaacs as the captain. I like, I like the woman who's playing Michael Burnham. I think yep. that I'm interested in this character. I'm interested to see where they take her. I, I liked Cadet. I, uh, yeah, I was going to say. Oh, what's the name? The, the, uh, was it Lily? Something like that. Something like that. I liked her cause she's sort of like awkward and she's awkward and real. And she's yeah. sort of light and funny. Right. She gives, she gives the show a balance that it's lacking yeah. uh, sometimes. And I think a relief a comic yeah. relief in a sense. I like that. I like, I even like the alien dude that doesn't really like Burnham that much. I, I didn't like him in the season premiere in the first, right. in the first two part episode in the third episode, in the third episode, I like him much more, much more like the whole like idea of a species that's afraid of everything being the, the science first officer, officer and now first officer. That kind of like, uh, that, I don't know how that would work, but in the third episode, he was much less of that. Right. They kind of downplayed that a little. Well, they can sense when death is coming. Right. That's the problem with them. Right. That was the thing. Uh, oh, at the end of the episode. Okay. Uh, yeah. I was wondering what that was, but yeah. that was okay. He can sense death coming. Right. Yeah. Uh, so. It's an interesting show I, and it's worth our time. I'm liking it. I'm liking oh, it. I'm getting a little concerned about the social engineering stuff that they're going to be well, talking about. There's apparently about. supposed to be a, a gay character coming up that where Two gay characters. Where it's going to be much more even than Sulu in the last Star Trek movie. Which was just a brief mention. Right. Where we, just, he, we see him with his husband and child. This is going to be full on, not full on, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hope not. But, but it's going to be much more a part of the, yeah, the, the regular story. Really time. making it a big part of the story. And I'm not excited. I'm not, I'm not happy about that. I'm not happy about that either. And I know a lot of people aren't happy about it. I'm not, I'm not telling you, you should watch the show. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to say that. I'm not telling you not to watch the show, but I'm not telling you not to watch it either is exactly what I was going to say. The the first, you, so, so the, the first three episodes so far yeah. have been fine. So for me, the first, the first two parter, I was, I was, I, I, I was, ha- I was, I liked it, but was wary. The third episode, um, overcame a lot of my concerns. I'm liking it more. Yes. We'll see how it goes from here. But, That's all I can say yeah. is let's see how it goes. Let's see if it's so much in our face that we have to, we, 
you have to say, oh, all right, enough. Yeah. You know, I mean, that, that, that would be, could happen. That would be sad, but that would I be I would be unhappy about that. I got to right. tell you. All right. We're up to, we're, we're up to uh, an hour and 50 minutes. We got to, we got to wrap it up. Let's do our picks of the week. Picks here. of the week. So let's, uh, let's play uh, Father Chip's favorite bumper. Why don't you pick a category? In the dirt. Ah, yeah. What a pick. What am I supposed to do? Pick up Bart. Pick up Bart. Back to back picks. Alex, would it be all right if I picked the next category? And a great pick by Davis. Okay, Keely, you're our return of champ. You pick. And that is picked off. Pick a little talk, a little pick a little talk, a little cheap, 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 talk a lot, pick a little. Alright. Yes, that's Father Chip's favorite bumper of the week. Uh so it is. So I had the uh, I went first on the uh, what are we drinking? So I'm going to let you go first with pick of the week. Bumper. My pick of the week goes back to the Traveling Wilburys, and uh, I found on iTunes finally. Um, it's called the Traveling Wilburys Collection, and it's a deluxe edition. Uh, it's it it was re- allegedly originally released in 2007, probably on C- uh, CD, um, but recently onto iTunes, and it's basically both albums okay in one place cool and it is it is really really good to listen to um it's fun um it's fun nostalgic i i'm really it's great music by great great music by great musicians exactly jeff uh, jeff lynn doesn't get enough credit um sort of overshadowed overshadowed by by everybody else because everybody else is such a bigger name than him um george harrison is was one of the greatest guitarists of all time Oh, another, um, another guy who was sort of overshadowed overshadowed in his own band <laughs> yeah. by you know Paul McCartney and John Lennon um and then you know and I think that's one of the reasons why I really like the Traveling Wilburys is because it gave some of these kind of you know other guys a chance to shine and they brought Roy Orbison back into the mainstream of rock and roll where he had been kind of on the oldies tour yeah. kind of thing and um it was unfortunate he he died shortly after the album was released and I don't I'm not sure if he ever got to tour with the guys, um, but you know it was very sad that he died. In, but his his voice is all over that first album, and some of the um, the you know that classic Roy Orbison um, vo- vocals are, are there, and it's really it's a fun listen. If you were uh, growing up in the uh, in the eight, late '80s, early '90s, you will love this. Um, it it really is nostalgia for us, um, and but it's. It's also, you know, a reminder of Tom Petty who just died and, and everything else. I, I really, I recommend it. Um, I can't recommend it enough. It's, it's just good music. You'll like it. Good, good. Yeah, double, double uh, recommendation here. Uh, so my pick of the week is a, another podcast, actually. If, if you have, if two hours of us isn't enough. Um, <laughs> two hours of us, of us is probably too much, but that's okay. <laughs> exactly. This one is, a, is compensation for it because it's, each episode is less than 10 minutes. Uh, this is a podcast by Mike Rowe. You may know him from uh, the TV show Dirty Jobs and some uh, other stuff. He's got his Mike Rowe Works um, uh, foundation, which promotes blue collar jobs, uh, good paying jobs that don't require a college degree. Uh, so he has a podcast called The Way I Heard It. Uh, it comes out two, uh, every Tuesday, and the episodes are about 10 minutes or less. And it's sort of like, do you remember Paul Harvey, the rest of the story? It feels like that, where... It's mm. true stories about real people. Interesting. Told in like that, but un- unusual things about them. Like the, the, the guy behind five hour energy drinks is this uh, guy who immigrant from India who is, came from nothing and is now like a bazillionaire because, because he had this vision for a, a, a uh, new kind of drink. 
And it, but he kind of talks about like how he doesn't tell you who he is really up front or that it was five hour energy. He kind of leads you through the story. Like uh, Paul Harvey used to. Exactly. And so he's got a, that, that interesting twist at the end of, oh, oh and it's it. so-and-so. Uh, and th- and now you know the rest of the story, right? Like uh, this guy, uh, you know, it starts off. He talks talking about this guy uh, who, you know, in the back of an ambulance uh, in the middle of a snowstorm in New York, thinking through his life. And you're like, oh, this guy's he's dying or something. It turns out it's uh, it's Orson Welles, uh, who always used to, um, who was b- brilliant. Apparently, could speak seven languages, could, like had all these amazing accomplishments, but also apparently would hire ambulances to take him. From his hotel to his to his shows, because <coughs> according to a quirk to New York law, even when they're not on an emergency run, ambulances can run through red lights or something like that. Ah. <laughs> well, me. that's uh, that's interesting. So it's a great podcast. Um, wow. The way I heard it by Mike Rowe. Mike, Sounds good. MikeRowe.com slash podcast. There you go. And plus, I mean, he's got the great voice. Mike Rowe's voice is awesome. I wish I had his voice. And uh, he's uh, and I love his um his outlook on life. He's got a, a really fun. And cool and smart outlook on life. There you go. Uh, so micro, really, micro podcast. So that's it. Um, yeah, that's all we have to say. Uh, I'm not sure we could say any more. It's been two hours of talking. If that's not enough, you people are really <laughs> something's going on. Yeah, there. for those of you who are like, oh, we want a show, we want a show. Well, now you've got it. Now you got you get, it. Be careful what you wish for. So this has been The Father's Show. You can find links to everything we discussed and our picks of the week on our website at thefathersshow.com, as well as all of our previous picks and all of our previous what we were drinking. Uh, Those are new features to our website. Just look for those. You can email us at uh, feedback at thefathersshow.com. On Twitter, the show is at the Father Show. I'm at Betnet, B-E-T-T-N-E-T. I'm at Chines, C-H-I-N-E-S. We're on Facebook at facebook.com slash the Father Show. Leave a comment there. Uh, join the conversation there. If you like the show, please recommend it to your friends. Share links to our website on social media. Write a review of the podcast on iTunes. Reviews on podcasts are vital because they help us to, to get noticed and to grow the audience. Growing the audience is always good. Uh, it all helps. And with that... Um, Thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you again soon. Bye-bye.